Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's been a rough week, but we have some good news because you are now listening to your friendly neighborhood, Heroes of Noise. I'm your host, Steve. What's happening, everybody? My name is Dan. We're here to soothe your mind with all this craziness that's going on in the world. Oh, Welcome to the show. Steve, what are we on? I'm losing count. Are we, is this episode five? We are on episode five. We are episode five, G. What? Welcome to episode five, what? everyone. We're glad you're here. I know, right? We're actually getting there. You know, I heard somebody, I can't remember where I heard this, but I heard that if you can make it, if you're a new podcast and you can make it to say episode 10, you're golden. Oh, like you're not going to quit. Not that I feel like we're going to quit or anything like that, but I mean, we're halfway there to that point. We got a benchmark that we're approaching. Well, you know, the thing is, it's kind of like that marriage thing. If you make it over seven years, you're going to make it period. I mean, one would hope, right? I think that's the truth, kind of, in a way. It's a seven-year itch. Is it, or, or are those two different things? I don't know. Seven-year itch would be when you're just you're just jonesing for some strange, I think, is what I think. Is that what <laughs> it is? What I, th- I think that's what it is. Oh, I could snap. be wrong. You would know. Maybe you, that's just that point. I don't know. Oh. I thought it was the seven. Well, oh, maybe it's the seven-year hump. Is that what Which it is? Which I think, well, that's, that's what you get from your seven-year itch. Oh, you're right. You get the seven year get a little seven year humping in. Yeah. I see what you anyway, did there, Dan. I so yeah, did. I know. So yeah, we've welcome. Let's bring the class back up again. Sorry, sorry, I dropped the class for a little bit. My fault. But I didn't bring this up. I didn't bring it up. Steve. Yes. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I uh, I was having an interesting week because of the orange man in office, but today I saw a video that actually restored my faith in humanity. So I'm feeling good today, man. I'm feeling really good. Well, I don't think you should be so vague about that because, you know, you sent that to me as well. And it was oh. pretty touching. I want to tell you right now, screw you. I didn't cry. So you didn't. It just brought tears down my face. And I don't know why it wasn't even that no one died. It just was sh- it, like, I don't when he started speaking correctly, dog. Oh, my gosh. Let's backtrack, Steve. Let's why don't you go ahead and explain what we we're talking about? Um, it begins with the, I guess they're people, I guess they videotaped them watching a documentary. And on this documentary, there's a, a, a high school age kid with a speech impediment where he, he really has a, tr- he has a stutter and he has trouble getting words out. And so he's trying to, they show his teacher and him trying to do this poem and he can't get past certain words. He's really stumbling. And at first the people watching the documentary are like, oh, come on. Come on, why are you guys making him do this? I would be like, come on, hurry up and get it out. And so they show the documentary and the teacher says, well, let's try this because I saw this on the King speech. And he puts music on and the kid slowly starts kind of getting it. At first it wasn't working. But this video isn't even so much about the documentary as much as you see the people reacting to what they're seeing, how their attitudes change. And so... Turns out the kid has to give a speech. And so before he gives a speech, he puts on these headphones and he goes into the speech. And as soon as he starts speaking fluently, the person that introduces him just breaks down. I mean, within three words, the woman just breaks down crying. And then as he's going through his speech, the kids in the audience are crying. The people watching the documentary are breaking down. And it's just 
it shows you that, oh man, humanity isn't bad, all bad, even though it is in the UK, but humanity isn't all bad. And you see that what a teacher can actually do, how they, a teacher can change someone's life. The whole course changes for this kid. The whole course of life now changes for this kid. He now has done a speech, which will make it easier for him to do another speech. He got a cheat code of how he can get past his, his issue. That is because of one teacher staying after school a few times. And it changes the course of this kid's life. And so it was just, dude, dude. Oh, it just, it made me feel so wonderful. My mom saw it. She cried. My sister cried. I was like, man, I don't mean to mess up people's days today. I may or may not have had a, a tear in the corner of my eye. Dude. Maybe, maybe I was, maybe I was lying when I said I didn't. I'm just saying maybe, maybe I wasn't, but I probably was. Dude, how, be- how, how, how beautiful was this video, dude? It was moving, man. And I think that's fantastic on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. I liked the way, like you're saying, I liked the way that people just sort of doomed him from the start, <laughs> yes. but but completely flipped their their whole mindset about that and, and were opened up to something that they never, like, just like you or myself, didn't even really consider. I think that it, I also think that it really demonstrates the power of music. Oh, yeah. That there's something dude. to that. You know, there really is something to that. Not to get cheesy about music, you know, but someone had mentioned in the video that maybe it's because it kind of drowns out his thoughts. Oh, yes. And maybe that's what it is, you know. But the thing is, is that it was able to help him get out all of these bottled up words that are in him without that hindrance, that handicap of the stammer. Yes, dude. And astonishment on his face that he's actually getting these things out. Yeah, it was very moving, man. So thank you. Because I I had woken up to the orange basically mad at one of the basketball players' father because he didn't say thank you. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I may or may not have... Yeah, I saw that. Put a little anger out there on Twitter. <laughs> See, that's how I judge my days. When I wake up and the first thing I do is tweet about Donald Trump, I know that I got to start over again. So thank you very much for giving me a reset. Oh, dude. It, it did restore my, my faith, you know, oh. even minutely in my faith in humanity. And it's just good to know that there are good people out there. So, oh, And you know, it's funny that the one older dude, there's an old man that's watching the documentary. He's everyone's grandfather. He's a, it seemed like he's a hardened. And so when he started crying, you could tell that's not his thing. At least that's what I got from it. He's not one of those guys that are really sensitive. He's like a strong grandfather. You know what I'm saying? But he's just like, oh my, even when he was doing, he's like, oh my gosh, you got me crying. How crazy yeah, he, is this? He, he even announced it. Like he was surprised. There's, there's, there's watery things coming from my eyes. Exactly. He's like, what in the world? And so I was like, oh, that's so cool that he said, what in the world? You got me crying? What? What's this strange substance? Exactly. He's one of those. And then, but man, some of those dudes like that, I thought one of the, there was a bigger gentleman that I didn't think was going to cry at all, but his face totally broke. He was done. He was just like, oh, this is, this is amazing. I don't, that's the power of teachers, man. The power of people believing in you. And it kind of comes back to our, our, when we were talking last week about, you know, follow your dream. And I was thinking, what if my son said, I don't want to go to college. I want to be a, an artist. I want to paint and I don't want to get a degree to paint. I think before seeing this video, I might be like, ah, just go get a degree and then you could use your art to, you know, get, you know, then you could use your art to do whatever, teach, make money and then do art. But after this, I'm like, what does someone believing in you change in your life? Like super believing in you, thinking you could just touch the sky. What does that change? 
If you're like, yes, do it. I will support you in every way you do. If you, if that makes you happy, go do it. And I know you can do it. I know everything is going to. Does that change a kid where it's just like, okay, I can do this. All right. Or should we, are we supposed to be like, no, get an accounting degree and then just do art on the side. I can tell you from my own personal experience that I was kind of, I was sort of both voices because whereas my parents were supportive of me going to school, they didn't truly give me any guidance. And I don't mean that as a knock to my parents. I just, Mm -hmm. it was just, that wasn't the part of the communication we were having at that time. You know what I mean? Um, I was actually the the first person in my family, in my immediate family to go to college. So they, yeah, that's just the way it was, you know, and they, Hey, they worked their asses off and they're there. They, they became great people. They still are. At least my, my father's deceased, but my mom's still a great person, you know, but I was kind of like that voice in my head. I had a duality going on because I Mm -hmm. really wanted to pursue entertainment. I wanted to pursue music. I wanted to, I wanted to move away and I never did. I never gave myself that shot. I sort of felt like I had to follow suit. And become the responsible man and learn how to be the breadwinner and, and and get a career. And I just wanted to do all that right away. I didn't have the best high school experience. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't very studious. I was super smart. I really was super smart. But I just didn't apply myself, you know. And, and so I kind of forced myself to go into that. But what I'm getting at is now that I have children of my own, I'm like, by all means, pursue your dreams. Because you know what? You might fall flat. You might absolutely fall flat on your face and this may pan out to be nothing, but at least you tried. And at least you're not going to live your life going, man, what, what would have happened if I wouldn't have done that? Maybe where would I be right now? I do have a question. What's up? What, are both of your parents Hispanic? Yes, I think. <laughs> the reason I say that, man, is like, as, as you've told me before. Yeah, the reason you, I mean, you've told me this before. Lots of people have told me this. They're like, what if they can't? quite put my finger on what you look like a lot of people think i look white some people think i look middle eastern some people think i mean i've heard it all yes so i'm actually gonna do that 23 and me test i know we talked about that before yes but i'm i'm curious i want to see exactly what it is so well see I, I the reason i ask is um i've noticed that people of color the parents have to approach life differently because they think you only have one shot and if you fail it's over we have one shot in America, and if you fail, it's over. So you need to go to college and dot all your I's and cross all your T's. Do what you want, but you got one shot to fail. Whereas I think when you're a white person, it's kind of like, fail all you want. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst? Go out there and shoot for the stars. And I think we need to start taking that action. Be like, you know what? Fail. Go out and fail. What's the worst that could happen? I think that'll change their view. But we, my thing is... Even in my brain, I'm like, oh, no, my son can't fail out there because he gets one shot. And if you fail, everything's over for him. I need to I don't, stop. Thinking I don't think like that. that's. Yeah, I think you do. I really do think that you should stop thinking like that. I mean, I think totally. that that's I think that's an old train of thought. Yes, dude. Yes. It's bred. It's bred into us in yes. some aspect. I mean, I don't necessarily feel like my parents were that way. Like I said, they mm-hmm. were just kind of like, well, OK, do you know, thing, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to yeah. do that. OK, that's cool. Well, yes. I, I think I'm going to do this now. OK, it was this kind of how it was. But I think that these days with all of the, you know, all these entrepreneurs that are coming out and they're making Mm -hmm. big names in themselves, you know why? Because they're taking chances. Yes. They're putting themselves out there and and sometimes they're failing and other times you end up with something like Miranda Sings. You know what I'm saying? Yes, that's true. That's true. I mean, love love her or hate her, she's on Netflix now, you know, and if if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Miranda Sings is a uh, alter ego of an actress by the name of Colleen Ballinger. 
who started just a few years ago with this this kooky character called Miranda Sings, who thinks she's a total talent, but she's absolutely there's no talent in her whatsoever. Uh, a quick <laughs> reference would be to go to Netflix. You can actually see that. But that, it started off on YouTube. Yes. And then she started touring. And then suddenly she's freaking on like Jimmy Fallon. And the next thing you know, she's on Netflix. So, I mean, it, it, it works. Sometimes it pays off to, to pursue your dreams. So that's I don't, too, I just don't, totally yeah, true. I just don't think that that's the way that we should be teaching our kids now. You know what I mean? I think that it's, it's up to them. I mean, you can always guide them. You can always give them your opinion, but just because your life panned out that way, not you, Steve, but just in general, just because your life panned out that way, doesn't mean that there isn't, there's are rather. And I don't know. I think that, I think it's good to let, let your kids take chances, man. I think that's what this world needs is some, some innovation and some imagination. I totally agree with that. And I Shit, think we're, get, we're going deep this week. I, yeah, but dude, I think like what you're doing with your daughter is so important. Like when you're like, she's interested in this and then she's interested in that. I just read a very uh, cool, I didn't read the interview. I want to talk about it. I listened to an interview with a person that wrote a, doc, wrote a um, biography on Da Vinci. And he was talking about what made Da Vinci so amazing is that he had interests in everything and was great at a million different things. He didn't just do one thing. He did a bunch of different things well. And they said they more people need to start exploring everything that they're interested in and then do a million different things. That's what makes a person a complete person. So often we tell, we're like, okay, but what are you going to focus on? We started doing that. We started, the philosophers were interested in a million things. No one was just like, yeah, but what is your main focus? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm interested in everything. Like, why do I have to have a main thing? I think it's so important to have a million, you know, uh, say your daughter's going to be good at guitar and then good at this and then good at that. Maybe all of that does circle into one thing, but you're letting her be interested in so many different things that I think that she'll slowly come into whatever, if it's supposed to be one thing. And I need to, you know, I need to get that mindset where it's just like, be interested in everything you want. No one's going to, what's the worst? I mean, imagine somebody would have told Prince, why don't you just concentrate on one instrument? Why don't you just be really good at one? And he was like, no, what if I just want to learn everything? I want to learn all of them and see where that got him. I don't know. I hope someone, maybe someone listening can give me a story of someone who mastered a lot or not mastered, it was great at a lot of different things. And it was to their detriment. Tell me that story and I'll believe you. But I guarantee they wouldn't think it was to their detriment. They would be like, I don't care that I live in a shack on the side of Iceland. It still was dope that I can do all these things well, you know. My son is currently in college in his freshman year, and he's pursuing a degree in music education. Yes. You know, and quite honestly, it's kind of a risky time to be pursuing the arts, you know, in school when there's a very good chance that this man may take everything away. Eventually it might happen, you know, so he, my son's essentially taking a gamble, but he's super bright. He's super mm -hmm. talented. And he's, again, he's following his dream. Yes. And who, and who am I to take that from him? You know what I mean? I, I do always tell him just like any father should, you know, have a backup plan. You should have a backup plan, mm -hmm. but I'm watching him succeed. I'm watching him grow and I'm watching him become happy. Just like I'm watching my daughter do that too. So uh, what do you say we talk some nerdy shit today? You know what? You're right. Let's get this thing going. But I'm, I appreciate everybody listening to our ramblings. And I hope you got something out of it. But what we do here at Heroes of Noise is we start out with the what you're watching, what you're reading, uh, what you're listening to. And then we try to end off with a little bit of a discussion. Today's discussion is yet to be told to you. We're going to go ahead and start off with the brother Dan. What have you been watching, reading, or listening to? Uh, let's see. Where can we start off here? Well, 
Starting off the week, Steve, I watched Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, featuring a very special contractually obligated mention of Tony Clifton. That's the full title, by the way. This breaks down the making of a movie that came out 20 years ago called Man in the Moon, which is a basically a biopic of Andy Kaufman, the comedian. Yes. And it's got, uh, who did I, I think it was... Um, Courtney Love was in it. It even brought back Danny DeVito was in it. Paul Giamatti was in it. And God, I mean, a whole, actually, there was quite a few other people. And Judd Hirsch reprised his role from Taxi. Yes. Yes. You know, a, a ton of people are in this movie. But what this movie is about is basically Jim being Jim and method acting and yeah. taking on, like, full time taking on the role of Andy Kaufman or Tony Clifton for that matter the entire time. The yes. movie was done. They had 20 years of footage that they almost didn't get to put out. The studio was like, oh, no, we don't want. Do you remember that part? They were like, no, nah, we don't want. This is all our property. I'm not all the way through it yet. I actually had to stop it a little bit. And so I've got a little bit more to go. Uh, adding to what you just said. Um, yeah. Universal said, no, we don't want you putting out this video because we don't want Jim Carrey looking like an a-hole. And I have literally that's what they you. said. Yes, um, they were right. They were totally and utterly right. Whoever saw this footage was like, oh, no. <laughs> we know he what to- this <laughs> He totally does look like an asshole in this movie. Totally, and I don't think he sees it. I genuinely don't. It gave me the impression that he is the embodiment of a self-centered actor. It's all about Jim. He gave zero fucks about anyone in this movie except for Jim or Andy exactly. or Tony, you know? It was very interesting because I liked how he was saying how, like, when it first happened, you know, he said he was, like, looking out at the ocean, just found out he got it, and suddenly Andy just appeared. Mm-hmm. That's very Jim Carrey that now just, that I've seen it's it. It's just very Jim, yeah. But, I mean, you know, you get people like Jared Leto or um, Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. for Lincoln. Jared Leto for Joker is what I was getting at, where they, they, they take on this role the entire time. I don't know, man. I think I'd want to punch somebody I would, if I was working he, with them. Remember, he told them not to call him Jim. Yeah. You they can would be only like, call hey, me Andy. Hey, I'm a huge fan of yours. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll tell Jim if I see him. You know, it was just, to people that weren't expecting that, they're like, oh, okay. Ugh. And then there's a part where he was he's Andy Kaufman, and he's, he's doing his thing, and he's like, oh, I got to wake up at 5 in the morning tomorrow. Oh, never mind. Tomorrow, Tony Clifton's shooting, so I get to sleep in. I'm like, I'm done with you. I <laughs> would have walked off the set right then and be like okay so i'm gone this is ridiculous you can be a good actor and just not do this thing Judd, i mean uh, like i told you earlier there's a reason they didn't t- talk to the gaffers and the sound people because they would probably be like oh it's, he's a douche <laughs> it's that simple dude you know what i'm saying is is that is that's what it is you know whereas the actors kind of have to bite their tongue Judd hirsch wanted to say more but he didn't Danny DeVito kind of was shaking his head like, what on earth is going on here? And the one thing that they did appreciate was, I mean, on the taxi set, that's when you saw them being like, you know, it is weird. It's like we're having him back. This is a very, this is exactly how Andy Kaufman used to act. And the funny, and I don't think they meant that as a compliment. He said, this is what Andy used to do. And it didn't seem like one of those where they're like, oh, it's so great. This is what Andy used to do. It was just like, we're doing this all (laughs) over again. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I don't think, I think that the director, uh, well, Spike Jones didn't direct it, but I think he's smart to leave stuff like that in so we could kind of dive into what it really meant, where it's just like, uh, yeah, it's like we're living with him all over again. But what I found gross was there was a part where his family came in? I was going to talk about ugh. that. Go ahead, oh. man. Because let wow, 
It's gross, dude. I would think that Jim would have the courtesy to turn off. Yes. During that part where it's like, hi, my son died. Uh, I believe it was of cancer. Isn't that yes. how Andy Kaufman died? Yeah. yeah. Andy, my, my son died of cancer. And, you know, this is probably still hurting, even though it's been forever that he's been totally. dead. But still. So I'm going to completely accept this guy, Jim Carrey, to Im- take on the persona of my son in the movies. Okay, that's one thing. That's a gig. But now you're talking to me like Andy and you're not stopping. But the weirder part was they were buying into it. Totally. They accepted it and said, oh, this is a way of getting closure. The problem is why even because it might you don't know what that means for them later on. Is a psychologist going to say, you know what? That was healthy. You doing it that way. Are they going to be like, oh, (laughs) that's not. Yeah, exactly. A psychologist might be like, you know. That really wasn't him. And you don't, is that the him you would want him to be? Or, I mean, is it, does it make it easier for you to get closure from that thing? Do you, I mean, I don't like, I didn't like it at all. Would Andy have actually said those things? Thank you. Were they getting that version? I think that's what you were kind of touching on right there. Exactly. Would Andy actually say those things to them? And and was it Jim's weird way of thinking that already and being like, I'm going to go ahead and give them what they, I think they need. It blew Hold my on. mind, man. That re- that was probably the weirdest part of the whole thing. Actually, was watching him talk to Andy Kaufman's sister. Ugh. It it was it was crazy. Now it that was said, gross. that said, I found this documentary completely interesting. I mean, Loved I, I, I had it. to stop it because I had to stop it. You know what I mean? Like I, I had to go and do something like that. Otherwise, I would have watched it all the way through. The weekend got away from me. As I told you, I was watching so many other things. and it, so, so I'm actually going to come back to that tonight and finish it. I may even start it over because my wife needs to see, Gail needs to see how crazy this man is or was. It's or, insane. It's I guess insane. he's still crazy. I don't know what's up with Jim. I know he's an amazing artist. Have you ever seen his, his artwork? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know he did artwork. Oh, dude. I mean, no joke. I'll have to send you a link. For no sure. No joke. The man is talented, super talented. Like he could just stop acting right now and just live off of his art. He's that. Yet another person who has different interests. I'm good at a million different things. I just have, you know. And here's what. Here's another thing that bugged me. When he was talking about his coming up, um, I don't think in Living Color got the props it should have gotten. Because I didn't know who Jim Carrey was before the Living Color. Do you mean on the documentary? Yes. He was talking about a lot of different things. And he was like, anyway, I was on my come up. I think it was during the time of a living color. And this thing happened. I said, no, 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 no. That is what, that is literally what skyrocketed you, Jay. No one thought about Jim Carrey until that show. But he kind of. I agree with you. I agree with you. But, you know, if they were to go down that road in that particular documentary. That's hard. That's a whole nother movie. That is, you know what? They could make a movie on A Living Color. They could actually make a movie on all the people that rotated through that show. They totally could. And Jim Carrey was crazy. Jim Carrey, I used to be like, man, this guy is so talented. But I think, I'm sure everyone saw that when he became famous, he was going to be an interesting beast. He was going to be a different guy. I think basically he was always this way. But once, you know, he he made a name for himself, there was no bound there were no boundaries anymore. He was yeah. just able to do whatever the hell Jim Carrey wanted to do and he was gonna push it to the limit. That's true. To see for himself what he could do, you know? I wanna That's see what true. happens in another twenty years when who who's gonna play Jim Carrey? Because that dude needs a movie. 
Like I would love to know about Jim's character. He's, he's actually a very interesting guy. He, he came up poor. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you've probably heard this whole story before, but I would like to see how he wrote that $10 million check to himself. That was actually very smart. The, the dope thing is like, I, I there's the thing with writing that check though, or writing things down. Cause like Michael Jackson wrote down that he would be the, he was going to have the highest selling album of all time. But the next thing he wrote down was, oh, Thriller, whatever. I'm going to sell a billion albums on the next one. He died, but who knows? You know what I'm saying? Who knows what he would. But again, it was because he wrote something down saying, I'm going to do this. And Jim Carrey wrote this down saying, I'm going to do this. And he did it. I think there's a thing with writing something down saying, I'm going to do this. You know what I'm saying? What is your goal? What do you want from each thing in your life? How many listeners do you want in your podcast? What is your goal for the end of the year? Like writing it down and seeing how close or how much you surpassed that goal. I'm going to write a note. Our goal, Steve. I want you to so, write one too and then we'll compare. I will, Our goal I will. for where we want to be in two years with this totally. podcast. You know what I do do is, um, funny word, um, I, I uh, write a post-it to myself of a good thing that happened every day and I put it in a, a protein bottle thing that's empty and I empty it at the end of the year. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I read through them, yeah. And I'll remember, I'll be like, oh, snap, that is, it did. I'll put the date and one good thing that happened that day. How long have you been doing this? Uh, just a year and a half. So you've actually looked once already? Yes. And some of the things I totally forgot. I was like, oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Not to sound like a smart ass, but I'm curious. How'd that pan out for you? Did, like, did, you, did you meet it a lot of those me, goals? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't even goals. All I wrote, I just, uh, it was a thing for me to appreciate every day. Because they, they, it's been proven that if you recognize one good thing that happened to you during the day, it makes your day better. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. I got fixated on the whole, like, kind of like what you were talking yeah. about with, but- yeah. So you're just basically you're just taking one good thought. That's it. A day. One good thing that happened that day. Oh, I talked to Dan. We had a really fun conversation. Wrap it up in a note, put it in a bottle. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the year, you dump them out and just go randomly through them and and appreciate it. You know what's kind of cool about that? Let's just say someone falls. Let's say someone's doing that. Yes. And suddenly they fall into a depression. Yes. Hey, now, now I've never been clinically depressed that I know of, but I mm-hmm. know in some of my darker times, there have been those moments where I'm just like, there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing, you yeah. know? And that would be a really good way for people to go back and go, no, see there, it's not nothing. All of these things. Don't forget about these things. That's Because they're still true. there. They still happen. That's a really good idea, man. And even like, say you missed, say a loved one passes and at the end of the year you're going through your notes and been like I told such and such I loved him on this day and had a hug we had a really good time that's a moment you're like oh we did have a good time and then they pass later on but that day happened oh I forgot about that but it will remind you oh that day happened that's right you know it's not just a I think we had a really good year before she passed or he passed that's a note saying no 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 on this day we walked the park and had a really good conversation. And you're like, oh, it happened because I wrote it down. That happened. Makes that is very real. cool. That's you very know? cool, man. I, I'm going to have to start copying the, the the habits of Steve. I really like that. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I do. Seriously, I'm not just saying some stupid shit. That's a great idea. So I appreciate that. Good. Hey, man. I take my draw my influence from you. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's basically you know that's it that's it for movie. this one. It was a good movie. It was I recommend. A good movie. I recommend if you have any interest in Jim Carrey whatsoever, folks, watch this movie. It's a it's a it's a nice little insight into the mind of Jim Carrey, obviously. But it's is this guy crazy? Is he genius? Is he just an asshole? Genius. I think he's a genius. 
I, yeah. Unfortunately, I, think, I have to go. Even though he's a, I, whatever he is, I think he's a genius. I've never laughed. Not never. I very rarely laugh at people constantly. In Dumb and Dumber, I laughed at him over and over and over again, dude. He knows how to poke. Like, remember there was a quote where he said, I'm on stage and I'm thinking, what do those people want? What do they want? What do they want from me? What do they want from me? That's how he does it. He can literally know what will make you laugh and keep poking that thing. And it works. It works. You know, he, he comes off crazy, but, you know, crazy equals genius sometimes. So even on like Dumb and Dumber, when he walks in with his new uh, his new suit, most <laughs> people would have just walked in and people would be like, ah, ha, ha, ha. But then he does that tap dance, G. He knew exactly how to take it from from funny to the next level of funny, where it's just like that stupid tap dance dance, and then you're just falling out laughing, G. It's I've always, so funny. I've just always been amazed by how quick he is. I mean, if oh, that's yeah. anything, he's just quick. He can just he can morph into anything at any time, and he's at least from, from the footage that I've seen. It's not like I'm going out and hanging out with Jim Carrey, but from what I've seen, the man can just shapeshift almost you know totally <laughs> just to dude. to bring the product and he brings it well most of the time so yeah yeah folks, a, check he, it out yeah for, please definitely what else you've been watching it's a uh, real quick that movie was directed by chris smith just want to give a little oh yeah credit yeah. to that there so Whoever, good job that chris is the most smith. normal name ever right yeah that's okay he's no taika watiti but exactly I'll take chris smith you know do it uh, what else was I into this week? I kind of wanted. Oh yeah, so I started watching The Punisher on Friday. Yeah, right tell after me work. About that. Yeah. I am only t- because I told you I've been watching a lot of things. Busy this weekend. I was out of town all day yesterday. Uh, I came back last night and tried to watch a little bit more. Um, so far, so good. I think okay. it's going to be good. It's definitely better than than Iron Fist, from what I can tell. But it seems to me like just just off the jump. And maybe I'm going to be completely wrong about this, and I'll talk about it next week and correct myself. It seems like the way they're doing it, two episodes could have really been one episode. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like they're starting to kind of stretch out things. But yes. I like I like the story. Lots of flashbacks, and that's what I'm mm-hmm. getting at. I think that you know, okay, we get it. Maybe not everyone gets it, obviously, but you know, you gotta you gotta figure out what made Frank Castle Frank Castle. Of course. And so of there's course. lots of so there's lots of flashbacks. Just just right out right out the gate, there's that. And to me, it seems like they kind of could have condensed that a little bit. Maybe that's just because they want. I think there's 13 episodes. Maybe they were. Maybe they could have done it. Maybe they could have done it in nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen at the end of this here. So I'm still in. I'm still very interested, and um, I'm going to keep going. But John Berenthal is awesome. I know you weren't big on on him as the Punisher because of his size. Yes. But I think he's killing it so far. I really like his character. I like the, the character that he plays. So I'm fully into this here, and I look forward to finishing up with it. I can't wait. I'm going to check it out. What else? Let's see. Um, you told me are, about were, one thing that I was very interested in. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm getting there, too. I was gonna. I was deciding on whether I wanted to talk about this trailer I saw first, but the other one's more fun, so I'm going to go ahead and go with that. Uh, I've heard about this show about six months ago, and I was cruising around on Hulu the other night, and I don't even know how it popped up. But I stumbled on My Hero Academia. I love this show, Steve. I freaking love this show. It's <laughs> now, you know, like I'd said on the last one, I was talking about your name. I'm not a big anime guy. Never have been, you know. And and quite honestly, I think maybe just because I was so not wanting to be attentive to it, that there's a lot of things that draw me back from watching anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The mannerisms, the 
if you don't watch it, it's hard to explain. But it's just you know the the wow you know the yes. <laughs> I can't even I don't even yes. know how to visualize and this. I totally so people can, get yeah you totally get used to it and like when they're shocked, their whole face changes into a weird face that's not even like their face. Yeah, I, it's, I, I like it though. It got I had to get used to it though. I, yeah, it's definitely something that you have to get used to. Thank you for filling that in because I didn't really know how to explain that, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, anime is just a different beast, you know, but I think for the longest time I was so busy paying attention to the, the animation of it and the mannerisms, I wasn't really getting the story. And I really like this story, man. Okay. It's, it's Can I kind of tell you what it's about a little bit here? Go for just it. a real Go quick one. I'm so, very interested because it's a weird name. My yeah, it Hero is, Academia. It is interesting. Um, I'll give you just a quick little summary of it here. It says, In a world populated with superhumans, the superhero-loving Izuku Midoriya is without power, um, or quirk as they call it. Uh, however, after the quirkless dreamer, Izuku inherits the power of the world's best superhero, All Might. I love All Might, by the way. And the, the take on All Might, or the... The little twist with him mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, his hopes of becoming the top hero are now possible. Once enrolled in the high school for heroes, UA, Izuku soon discovers being a hero is much more complicated than it appears. So that's basically what this is about. There's two seasons of it. I was watching the dubbed version, which I hear is, you know, blasphemy from anime fans. But I I like it. I, I like it. If I, I, I think what it is, it's, it's my gateway into getting more into anime is by watching the dubbed, you know, copies of it. But the story is great, man. You know, and it looks... I don't know. Like, I don't know where this plays. I don't know if it's just if it's a show meant for children. I assume it is. But the storyline is awesome. And it held my, I was like lost in it for about three episodes. You know, I, I tend to watch things late at night, as you know, my work schedule. And, yes. but I was completely just, just consumed with watching My Hero Academia. I think you'll like it a lot. I, I Other than the plot, I don't really want to give too much to it. But the characters are just, they're super strong. They're not forgettable. And you just tend to really bond with Izuku as well as All Might. Because I love where All Might's coming from and the little plot twist with him. So I'm very curious to see what you think about that. Do you plan on watching that anytime soon? You said yes, you were sir. going to watch it. I'm but, probably uh, going to watch that before Punisher. Well, just know that there's two seasons of My Hero Academia. Oh, yeah. that's I. But I know that the Punisher is going to be there. I, who knows when Hulu pulls stuff? I don't think Netflix is not going to pull an original. This is true, but I guess it's real popular from what I'm okay. understanding. Okay. You know, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't think that I'm blowing some of the minds out there. I'm sure people are like, yeah, it's been around for a while, but to me, it's new. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that's I what it's about. I always worry mean, about I, that. Yeah, I always worry about them pulling because what if they go to Crunchyroll? Like they might pull an animated Crunchyroll. I don't know how that works, but I get worried about that. So I'm just like, let me get, let me make sure I watch that. Have you ever looked into Crunchyroll? I've been kind of thinking about that lately. I don't know if I'm, an, an, I, I imagine. I don't know, like an anime fan to that level. I don't. I think I would have to, in order for me to pay for an anime exclusive thing, I would have to really be in it because I love horror and I haven't even paid for Shutter. Yeah, that's a good point. I just feel like I don't know. I guess because I'm just getting anime and little. It's weird that it's happened in the last couple of weeks. You know what I mean? But I'm just getting these little drops of anime now, and I'm like, oh shit, this is actually pretty cool. I'm wondering if that's how I'm going to get into it more. That's a good but, like like I need another freaking show to watch, but <laughs> you know what I mean. That's but real. it's just yeah, but it's just it's a uh, it blew my mind. I really like this one a lot. The animation itself, and I, and I know I know guys, I'm probably not using all of the proper terms. I, I think that this is 
I was reading something that this is considered something called shounen, I believe. This is the type of anime that it is. Okay. I know there's like manga and all that. And I just, I'll be honest with you, I don't get it. This show has never, ever been about bringing you the latest and the greatest. This is what what we're into. You know what I mean? And if it so happens to be that it's new, awesome, fantastic. But this is uh, it's like the, edu- think of this show as the education of Stephen Dan, you know, yes, we're in, and totally. what we're into. So I am fully into this right now and I just cannot wait to watch more. I, I'm Are probably going to just yes. end up staying late tonight and probably just alternating shows. I don't know exactly how I should do it. Maybe I should just finish one and then go on. But I'm so into these various shows. Another one of which I'm about to talk about that I know you've seen. I don't know what to do, man. I just found all this goodness this week and I'm trying to figure figure out how to fit it all in. So good thing the holidays are coming up. Well, if you are really wanting to dig into uh, what um, like anime, I'd recommend Death Note and Naruto. I have seen Death Note. I read that somebody had the opinion that this like this one's like the next Naruto, but I got nothing to compare it to. I've never seen Naruto before, but I am quite familiar with Death Note. It's an interesting Naruto's int- I mean, I'm taking it in bits and pieces. Um, I think it's very, um, you know, that thing where you're just like they scream and there's a reaction face. It's a right. lot in Naruto. Well, I would say that it's that's pretty much prominent in this one, too. Oh, OK, OK, OK. I guess that's just how it gets down in, in, yes. in anime. I just yes. don't have enough. I don't have enough info in my database to really like wax about it. But I can tell you that at one point, whenever I would see that, I would be completely annoyed and turned off by it. And for some reason, this just held my interest so much. Uh, I know my man Pat Houlihan watched it. He, I had mentioned on Twitter that I just happened to fall on this show. And it's like, oh, great. Now I've got another show to watch. And he's like, it's just so good. And I got I, I think you're going to feel the same way. So I'm all over it. Get watching, brother. Get watching. Done. Done. What am I into this week? What else? Oh, let's talk about one that's really fun. And I know you loved it too. I think you're finished. I am not finished with it yet. On Hulu, Seth Rogen's new masterpiece. And yes, I'm calling it a freaking masterpiece. Oh, Future Man. that's a heck of a statement. Future Man I, is a masterpiece. Okay, let's not get kooky with the masterpiece. <laughs> let's not, let's not, let's not get all pretentious artsy with it. But as far my definition of masterpiece is it made me fucking I was dying laughing at yes, it. like for sure. like belly laughing I thought it was really funny totally. I'll take okay tell you what Seth don't get too cocky I'll take back masterpiece this is one of my favorite shows on television right now and I'm Easy. not all the way through Easy. it might actually be my favorite show on television right now my wife and I sat down and watched this uh, right when it came out and just I was just dying the entire time and she won't let me good. go any further until she's with me so I'm like we're stuck right now I have to wait for her and to finish watching it who knows yeah. maybe I'll maybe again maybe I'll watch that one tonight I don't know dude so much good stuff to watch but let's talk a little future man what did you think dude, I okay it it hit the ground running man like it was going it didn't do the typical this is how a nerd is no it um I think it took a an obvious idea. You know what I'm saying? It took an idea that's been done before, but they did the same sort of thing where like, yeah, we get, we, we get it. It's been done before. We're going to put our spin on it. I mean, they took it right in the beginning, which doesn't, it's like the Groundhog Day with Happy, Happy Death Day. Just because you mention it does not mean that you're just not totally siphoning. But they did siphon well. I'll give them that. I'm like, hey, if you're going to do it, you did it well. And there is a joke in this show that I don't want to ruin for you guys. That it talks about what happened in the past. It does it so funny. There's a, I mean, I think everyone's going to eventually hear it. But man, they're hitting on so many like little throwaway lines that Seth Rogen puts in here is so good, dude. 
Um, I love they they uh, narrate their fights with like uh, video game noises, like head hit, shoulder punch, yeah, hits like <laughs> and him, and him. It is so good. And I know Dan, you were really excited to see Wolf again, weren't you? I think the cast is freaking brilliant. Let's talk about them just for a second here. Um, getting back to what you were saying, though, I had read that Seth Rogen had tried to make the movie The Last Starfighter. It's kind oh. of based off, and they even give a nod to it in the show. Yeah, he was they trying to totally get, did. Yeah, yeah, he was trying to get the rights to The Last Starfighter for a very long time, and they just wouldn't give it to him. So he just decided, okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and do a spin on that and give a nod to it. So that's why there's a little bit of a similarity to it. I love all of the retro throwbacks that they have there. Um, I love this damn show. I think that Seth Rogen just keeps getting stronger and stronger on television. I'm really hoping that this is going to be even more true when when the boys comes out. But yeah, it's a uh, it stars Josh Hutcherson, who you may know as Peta from Peta, excuse me, from Hunger Games. Yeah, and then and then like you're saying, Wolf. Let's talk about Wolf for a second. Wolf is played by Derek Wilson. Derek Wilson was on Preacher, and he played Donnie Shank. And I do not think this man. I could not stand him when he first came out. I thought he was just going to be a throwaway character. And as the show progressed, the season one, he's only in season one. I won't tell you why, but you should probably know. And <laughs> he's uh, he just kept getting better and better, but they weren't really given him many. I, I don't blame anyone for it or anything, but he just didn't have many lines. He was this great character that was mostly silent all the time. So I was really happy to see that Derek Wilson gets to shine on this. I think that he is absolutely the star of this show. Yes, and Totally. You know, I don't know if they they should come up with some kind of award show where it's like stream. I know it probably would just be like fall into like the Emmys, but like streaming category, streaming shows. Dude needs an award because he just absolutely smashes this character. I had no idea Derek Wilson was this good. Um, Eliza Coop is also in Future Man. She plays Tiger. Uh, basically, all the people in the from the future. I don't know. Can we give we give a little plot, right? Yeah, of give course. a little bit of plot. Yeah, let's give a little bit of a plot here. I'm not even going to read anything. I'm just going to give it my take. So. Josh Futerman is a janitor and he lives with his parents and his parents just love the crap out of him. They think that he can do no wrong. But, you know, quite honestly, he's not living the way an adult should live. Uh, he doesn't have much in his life outside of this this video game. That's his deal. That's what he does. He's awesome at it. And that's all he does is play this damn game. Like they don't even make it anymore, but he's still playing this game. Turns out that when he beats the game, it was something that was actually brought back into time. So that way they could do a, a test and see who is like the, the 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 savior, the chosen one, if you will. It turns out that it's Josh Futerman. They come back, they get him because they think that he's going to help. And and I don't want to give the plot of why they want him to go back, they, why they want him to save the world. Because that that's funny in itself. But I love, in the beginning they introduced him as Futerman. And right when they said Futerman, I was like, actually, that's pretty freaking interesting. Like, I, I Nice play like, on words, right? Yes, I was like, Futerman, that's so, and it's. I love how he has his own little video game set up in his uh, janitor's closet. It is so I, I I'm like, and but he still doesn't see he still doesn't seem creepy with the game. He still doesn't be like, oh oh he's just so nerdy he can't get away from the game. He just seems very. Um, That's what he he's does. Dedicated. That's his life. This is his thing. This is what he does. It's not creepy or anything. Now he does do one weird thing, but other than that, I'm just like. <laughs> I was like, and and I just think that both of the uh, Tiger and Wolf are just right on point. And Keith David, I mean, anytime you see Keith David, it's going to be a fantastic show. 
I mean, and, I don't know how they got Keith David, and let alone how they use Keith David on this show. I'll tell you this. It's reminiscent of something about Mary Keith David. Keith David playing Dr. Elias Cronish, who it's, yes. what's, what's really cool about this is that even though he's not the main star of this show, mm-hmm. it, to- it totally revolves around him. Yes. So, yes. I mean, at and least it, as far as I've gotten, you know, I, I think I'm on like episode seven, if I'm not mistaken. Totally. And, and if you liked him in something about Mary, you'll love him in this because this is how he's acting. He's acting something about Mary-ish. Keith David almost has like a co-star with him uh, on his face. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very interesting. Also a big plot. I don't want to talk about the thing on his face, but that's part of the show. I, folks, you need to watch this show. That's the best thing I can tell you. You need to just get yourself a free. If you don't have Hulu, do the free month. Right now is the time to do it and watch Future Man. It's it's freaking yes. brilliant. Love this show so much. But again, yeah, Derek Wilson absolutely smashes his role as Wolf in this one. Josh, excuse me, Josh Hutcherson is who again, Josh Fuderman is awesome in this too. I didn't even realize that the kid had the chops that he had. I think he's great in this show. It's not anything where it's like drama. He's more like comedy chops is what I'm getting at. He's really funny. Uh, show also has Ed Begley Jr. And who else was there? I think I feel like I saw a couple of other like big name people outside of Keith David in that one there, but it's not coming to me. Watch the show, folks. That's what I'm getting at. You're going to love it. I promise you. For sure. I liked it so far. I can't wait to finish it. Any highlights so far that you that you liked in that? Like that one joke that I can't ruin for everybody. That's the highlight by far. That's your highlight. Yes, by far. I just can't thought ruin the, it though. I thought the visual of when Josh meets Wolf and Tiger for the very first time. <laughs> was hilarious it really was dude and there's also really this was. there's also this scene involving meth that made me laugh like belly laugh it has to do with with uh, the character wolf Derek wilson so i'm all about this show i've been raving about it on twitter for a while it's really hard for me to not to explain this show without giving too many spoilers because i loved it so much but get down right now hit pause go watch future man come back and we'll keep on going for sure let's see do all i have right, anything what else, else? watching uh, the last thing that I'm going to talk about before we go into like, well, okay, I saw the Justice League, but I don't want to go there just yet. All right, I saw that. I just got out of that theater yesterday, and I'm not going to give you any opinions yet, but I saw Justice League, and I'm going to stop right there. The last thing that I wanted to talk about was, uh, it was just an interesting trailer that I saw. It's a trailer called England is Mine, and it is the biopic. I love rock biopics, first of all. Mm-hmm. This this one is actually going to be coming to uh it's already on Blu-ray and DVD from what I understand, but it's going to be coming stateside on December 12th, and you can get it in a digital platform, too. It is the story of the singer Morrissey. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a story about Morrissey and just how huh. he comes up, and there's a, the trailer is online right now. I found it interesting. It didn't have anything really... Like, if you picture more, You know who I'm talking about when I say Morrissey? You know yes, Morrissey. Of course you do. That's in trouble right now? Yes. Is he in trouble right now? Yeah, he defended Kevin Spacey. Really? Yes. Scratch the... No, I'm just kidding. I still found it... I still found yes. it interesting. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. It's like, who are we going to talk about now? Pretty soon we're going to be like, well, we watched this show, but we can't talk about it because there's some there's some really dark shit going down right now. Yes. Um, yeah, lots of celebrities, I guess, are defending people and, and kind of having to eat their words or, or own it 
and become pariahs, you know, but yes, it's one or the other. Yeah. But you know, that's besides the point in this, we're talking about England is mine and it is 2017 Morrissey biopic. I just found it interesting. I'm not even a huge Morrissey fan. I liked the Smiths, not a big Morrissey fan, but it is something that I'll watch. I've, I've watched a lot of rock docs and they're not rock docs. I'm sorry, but biopics. And a lot of times they don't pan out very well. I have no idea what to make of this one just yet, but I'm definitely there. I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, I remember when back in the day when it was the, when they made the doors, Oliver Stone made the doors. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, I'm all about this one. I freaking love Jim Morrison. I wasn't really into that movie. So who knows what's going to happen with this one? There was the other one that was that Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix biopic that was starring Andre 3000. Did you see that? I, I didn't watch it. How was it? Again, not good. <laughs> it was just very. Oh, okay. I wanted to see a certain aspect of Jimi Hendrix. I wanted to see how he came up the first time he played a riff, you know, how he came up with Purple Haze or whatever. Yes. And this was just more about his, it was like a love story almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I didn't really care for it. But what I'm saying is I'm hoping I have, I have good hopes for this one. I do love a good rock biopic and we'll see how it goes. Awesome, dude. What about you, man? Well, other than the ones you've mentioned, I watched, uh, last night I watched John Wick 2. I'm on the late show. But dude, if you haven't seen John Wick 2, and you're, if you're in the mood for some fun and John Wick being at his John Wickness, watch this freaking movie. His and John this, Wickiest? His John Wickiest. And I'm telling you, like the fight scenes, it's Keanu Reeves doing these fights, dude. It's back to the Matrix. It's back to the Matrix. It is so crazy. Some of these fight scenes are insane, dude. Absolutely insane. And the way he's shooting, like, it's just, man. Like, the, I'm sure he went through, cra- I've seen some videos of his training, his training that he did for this movie. It's just so much fun, dude. It's a fun, and when it ends, you know how the movie, there's certain movies that you're just like, all right, when is this going to, come on now, let's go. When this movie ends, you're like, oh, man. I could have watched two more hours of this for quite for for sure i love john wick i just have not seen that one yet but i understand that they're already doing a john wick three it makes total sense i think it's coming out in 2019 so yeah i better get on it and watch this one here i know it's been out for a little bit but you liked it that's good loved it dude loved it so um i watched that um i started on this silly show called riverdale um, it's not so silly, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, the writing is horrible. The it's acting silly. is not great. And yet I keep pushing, yes, another episode. I know. <laughs> Steve, I know. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know exactly what you mean about Riverdale. Dude. When I first heard the premise of this, I'm thinking, okay, it's a take. It's a it's a CW take on Archie, the comic mm-hmm. Archie. Yes. I'm thinking, oh man, they're really, really running out of ideas right now. But I sat and I watched it. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought the girl that plays Veronica was super pretty. And that's probably the reason that I sat down and watched this show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I found myself the same way. I, I like motored through the season. Like You watched the whole season? I uh, da, 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 Hold on. No. I think, I, how many episodes are on that one there? I think I'm just about done. I think I have two episodes left. Okay. But I just, I just, again, I'm in this bad habit. I'm good. Matter of fact, I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn my behavior right now and I'm going to start finishing these shows before I talk about them. I think that's fair. So I can give how well, I felt see, at I the beginning. I haven't finished it either. I oh, you haven't? Either. No, no, oh, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you're going to, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this guilty pleasure show. I don't think I ever would have admitted that 
until you brought it up right now, so I'm glad you did. I actually, I, I think I kind of love hate it. Yeah, dude, totally. I hate to love it is what it is. Yes, there is. That is totally what's going on with me right now. It is. It is to the point of why I like. I literally, when I see, are you still watching this? I look at my TV, the Apple TV, and be like, yeah, but why? Why am I still watching this? And play. Yeah, you know, I it's mean, like another. It's another teens behaving badly kind of show. Yes. Yes. But it's. And, it's, it's so bad good. Again. Yeah, it's it's just so it's again. just so damn bad good. I can't I can't take it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna finish. And there's already season two, right? Yes. And the issue, dude. Okay, two issues. Number one, I didn't even think about the Ar- I don't even think about the Archie comics anymore. I forget that it's even about the Archie comics. Yeah, that's easy to do. That's yeah. I totally they just forgot. they needed they needed some kind of reference, and then it just it just took off from there. And then here's where I realized that why am I watching this is when. Veronica calls Archie, Archiekins. And I was like, why am I watching the show? <laughs> Did you feel <laughs> a little creepy when she said Archiekins? Yes, I was like, I shouldn't be, I, this, I'm entirely too old to be watching this. What am I doing? But I keep watching it, nevertheless. And so, hey, if, you, if you're doing something, perhaps knitting, knitting. <laughs> knitting. And you need something to watch on TV, <laughs> turn on Riverdale. <laughs> so Steve now I have to ask bro because that's like the first thing that you came up now that's cool if that's what you like were you in fact as you put it knitting <laughs> I was not knit. I wish I would have I'm to the point of knitting. I wish I was knitting instead of under my covers with a bag of chocolate caramel popcorn on my stomach I wish I was knitting and watching the show instead of what I was doing so I mean what are you gonna do you just gave me this insight into Steve's bedroom. <laughs> it was it was in the living room, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate in a blankie for Steve. A little hot cocoa, yes. maybe. With uh, Riverdale, G. With you're, Riverdale. You're so precious. Yes. And mind you, but once people... People have to understand. I've watched every episode of The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> every episode of The Originals. So Riverdale's not that far off of my... My radar now. This is right in my wheelhouse. So why I'm acting shocked, I do not know. But I watched every single episode of Vampire Diaries. So, you know, there's that. Who is Steve Hudson? I still need to find these things out. Now, would you call Supernatural, is it Vampire Diaries adjacent? Or would you say, no, that's a a show most people watch? I would say it's a step up from that. I love. I think it's. I think. I think Supernatural is a little more palpable than, say, Vampire Diaries, which is not something that I watch. And they put they push the like. There's some things that happen on Supernatural. <laughs> that I'm like, can you put that on TV? Like that was gory. That was outright gory just now. You know, oh. I remember the days where decapitations just weren't a thing. <laughs> you couldn't just cut off someone's head on TV. And now, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Bro, you have me dying over here. And the reason that I'm laughing is that you, you the words you choose sometimes are just perfect. For instance, knitting, as you said, it was that. But last <laughs> last week, last week we were talking about Iron Maiden, right? Yes. Oh, God, I, I, was, I laughed really hard about this when I was editing it. Uh, you had mentioned, you're like, so would I be comfy at an Iron Maiden concert? <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> now that I had the time to think about that, you would absolutely not fucking be comfy at an Iron Maiden concert. No comfy there. I just, I just picture you with a nice warm blankie, you know. Yes, that's me. Maybe Seriously. some uh, Baileys and, and, and cocoa, you know. Yes, 
totally <laughs> dude and me best. and i would literally be watching riverdale which is a shame but i again i would tell people if you um <laughs> you know what's funny though the guy actually whatever song he wrote and he performed for the uh, and i'm a musician and he performed for the for the talent show i was like oh snap that's a legit good song like that it was, was a jam? good song and he actually sung it well and most of the time i'm very like ugh but I was like, oh, that's a good, it made me believe, like, you know, he does this song, and in the beginning of the song, people were just like, boo, get back to football, all of his football buddies. At the end, I believed that they would give him a pat on the back, being like, hey, you actually are talented. Like, that was the thing. I was like, hey, I believe that. And again, you know, if, if it's dumb, if you're in for some, I wouldn't even say dumb fun, because now, Skeet Ulrich out of nowhere, Luke Perry out of nowhere. You just mentioned 90210. Dude, and I haven't seen Skeet Ulrich since uh, since um, uh, what if as good as it gets. I haven't seen Skeet Ulrich since that movie. It has been a minute, that's for sure. And so, if you're interested in seeing what, if you find yourself drinking some some cocoa, wondering whatever happened to Skeet Ulrich, turn on Riverdale. If you find yourself thinking, you know what, that Luke Perry was onto something, turn on Riverdale. You'll be fine. If you find yourself being creepy and into Camila Mendez, who plays Veronica, <laughs> turn it on. That's dude, all I'm saying. Pretty, turn it on. Man. She's gorgeous, man. Seriously. She's pretty, dude. That, that, that girl's pretty. But uh, so check it out. And what is another? There is hey, one. real quick, man. I want yeah. to talk. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You finish your thought because I wanted to bring something up about, about I Riverdale. I think there was. Um, I think that's about. That's. I mean, with those shows, that's about all I did. That took up all of my time. Um, we'll get into what we're reading next. But for shows, that's it. Hey, hold up real quick. So you're actually, you were moving on from Riverdale then? Yes, I'm done with it. Okay. Okay. So let's go back for just a second. What do you think about, this is, this happened early on in season one. What do you think about Archie having an affair with his teacher and how they're showing that on television in these times? Um, I think, I think they cleaned it up later because they showed her. At first, everybody was like, they tried to make it so that you're supposed to be rooting for them. No one was rooting for them. It got real creepy. And they sh- before they kind of handle that she is, this is no way a good thing, they show her leaving and pulling down her glasses to look at some other high school boys. So right. I'm like, yeah, she was a creep, so she had to leave. I thought they cleaned it up well. Her and a creepy VW bug. Yes. And I was like, ah, so she was a... And I like how they made Betty, who is Archie's best friend. Betty was on to be like, dude, if she's into you, she's not good. She's not supposed to be doing this, you know? And finally, one thing I like is that they don't have to bang it over someone's head. Eventually, Archie was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Why do you have a different name? Why do you do all these things? Why? I don't, I don't understand this. It wasn't one of those things where he just kept on brushing his friends off. So they're kind of trying to make as much common sense as possible. Now, Jughead, the actor who plays Jughead, he's really good. Cole Sprouse. I, he's really good. And I don't know where I've seen him before. I was just going to add that. We were on the he, same page. He looks familiar. Yeah, yeah. He, he should. And you've probably seen him twice, but you've only seen him once. He's actually an identical twin. Do you remember oh, the show? That, yeah. Are do you, you freaking remember? kidding me? Yeah, yeah. He Okay, oh, let's go don't way tell back. Me, don't tell me. Don't okay. tell me. All right. I just realized who he is. Is he on that one where he's he's on that cruise ship? 
that Disney Channel movie I show? I think that they did. Uh, okay, I didn't watch this show, but my daughter did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, I had to pull it up. Okay, so when my daughter, my my daughter and my son used teeth, to watch this show called. Teeth. Yeah, it's called this. The show that you're referring to originally, what I'm talking about, was called The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. That's it. That's it. My daughter watched this show like all the time. But then I think the one that you're talking about was called like something like The Sweet Life on Deck, I think is what it was. Yes. So, you know, it was the spinoff because, you know, they, they, they needed more of a sweet life. But yeah, so I knew it. So, yeah, but that's he plays that with his his brother. But do you remember the first time now that you've got the kid's face in your head? Do his you front remember? Teeth gave it away. I did. I, that's what I was like. Man, his teeth look familiar. And right, I was like, "Oh, it's the twins." Go on. Did you ever see Big Daddy? He was the Big Daddy kid. He was the Big Daddy kid. Yeah. Or one of he was well, one actually, of the Big yeah, Daddy you know kids. What? Probably. I, I, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure. Well, I think they both were because at that age. Yeah. Oh, you're starting to get tired. Let's just throw this other kid in there. I think that's exactly that's kind of like the Olsen twins, you know? Yes. That makes sense because he outacts everybody. He's way more natural on the show. But you know what? The thing that would have made it easier was in my brain, Zach and Cody kid are way more bright than he is. Like his skin looks tan in this show. I don't know what they're doing, but he's not as bright as he was on Zach and Cody. That would have given it away. You mean totally? His he his, looks his skin tone is yeah, brighter. Well, it's also he was like a I don't know if he was like a towhead, but they had like real blonde hair then, sandy blonde. Exactly. Hair. That's what it was. Yeah. So now he's got the dark. It did actually take me a second to recognize who he was too. That's crazy. My daughter yeah, pulled it right out. Like, oh, that's you know Cody or he's Zach. So or good. He's yeah. doing such a good job in this show. I believe him and Betty. I believe it. Now, I, I'm shocked that homeboy's cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Because one thing is, if a girl likes you, and even if you don't like her, we're just friends. When someone else gets with her, you're like, hold on now. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and so the fact that Archie's like, no, I'm good. That's pretty dope. And it's a, it was really cool is because there's a lot of little woke moments. Like there was a part where he's trying to write music for this black trio named the Pussycat Dolls. Is it the Pussycat Dolls? Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats. And so um, Josie and the uh, the lead singer is like, hey, um, you can watch us. Rec- uh, you can watch us sing. OK. And so he, he interjects saying, oh, maybe I should write something for you. And he's like, uh, she says, um, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I could write something. She says, do you think you could you everything's been given to you? We've had to work for everything. So you can't just interject your experience into our experience of women of color. And one of the girls get up and she's like, oh, come on, Joseph. And he's like, no, 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 you're totally right. And he sits back and listens. I'm like, oh, someone who's writing is woke. Someone <laughs> just let them say, you know what? You're freaking right. Let me sit back and just listen. Come on, man. Y'all better be watching Riverdale. I've changed my mind. Y'all need to be watching Woke Riverdale. I was gonna say you're not you're not letting on to how much you actually love this show. I can tell. I know you, man, and I know you're like you're way digging this more. But again, like I well, said, that's it was a big deal. It was a that's total. A this really was a closeted show for me. Like I was just keeping it to myself about watching it. I'm glad you brought it up. That's why we're friends. I think, man. It's it's really. I mean, I think there's little things that keep, kept on perking up my 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 woke things, and I was like, well, that's interesting. She said that, huh? Well, that's it. Oh, Robin Givens, ladies and gentlemen. Skeet Ulrich, Luke Perry, and Robin Givens. What?
90210, come on. 90210, as good as it gets, and head of the class. And head of the class. Come on. What are y'all talking about right now? Y'all better be watching this show. There it is. You heard it first from Steve Hudson. <laughs> you got to get yourself some Riverdale. <laughs> no doubt about hey, it. So you might want to clip this out, dude. You might want to take this whole section out. Oh, you? hell no. And I'm going to have to, especially that part about you chilling in under your blankie with, with chocolates. I was. <laughs> I was. Were you comfy? I was, totally, I was super <laughs> comfy. And you know what else? More people need to do this. Chill with the entry credits. We don't care. We don't need a credit sequence. Just show the name of the show and start. Just rock and roll right into it. Thank you. Just cold opens. Uh, Oh, I forgot. There is another show I watched. The Gifted. Have you heard of the show? I have seen. Yes, I have heard of the show, and I've seen the first episode only. Dude, you might want to get back up on it, man. I, I, I. It would take a while to get going, but once it gets going, it's really good. Well, from what I hear, and this is this is definitely how I felt about it. I felt like it was just all right when I first watched it. Uh, yeah. I didn't think like I liked the storyline. It reminded me a lot of Heroes. Yes, the very yes, first one, yes. and the acting totally. that kind of came with it, which I, I felt uh-huh. I felt Heroes fizzled pretty quickly. Yes, um, yes. But I liked it, and I liked the premise of it. And I did like that it is in the the realm of the X Men. Mm-hmm. So I was all in. And I started watching it, and it was just one of those shows where I just felt like I, I there's other things I could be watching right now. Totally, and, and it just so I, happens yes. that I started watching that. I love Hulu, by the way. I just freaking can't mm-hmm. get enough Hulu. So I was watching that on Hulu, and then I made them. Well, I didn't make the mistake. I made the absolute wise choice to watch the Orville, and that just completely dumped the gift. That is your jam, dude. I'm telling you, you've that got is to, your jam. I'm dude. telling you, yeah. I, I know what. I think I just said that about Future Man, about being in my favorite. It is definitely up there, but I haven't finished it yet. I have seen every single episode of the Orville, dude, and it just keeps getting better. Like, it's so good. Seriously, it's good. And I'm not a Star Trek guy, Steve, but it is better. I would say it's better than Discovery. It's yeah. probably, I, I would, did you watch Star Trek at all? No. Okay. So, like, again, I mean, like, I watched uh, Next Generation and, of course, you know, the old series. I've watched all those on, you know, back in the day, but I'm not a Star Trek guy. I love this show, and it is more Star Trek than Discovery will ever be. I'm telling you right now, so freaking good. It's the jokes are they're It's a really funny show. You know what I mean? Like I remember right mm-hmm. at the beginning of it, people were kind of like knocking the jokes, like they didn't really know. And I even said that, like I didn't know what this show really wanted to be just yet, and it knows exactly what it wants to be. It is awesome. So I didn't mean to take away from your from your you know the uh, from the gifted, but dude, please for your boy. Watch the Orville. I I promise you I will. All right, man. I'm going to hold you to it. But please, I'm sorry. So, I, I want to know what you no, think no, about the No, no, that's it. Uh, I think it's good. That was it. I think people should watch it. But again, the only reason I, I waited for the end of that probably is because there everything that I said before that, you'd probably like a little more. It, it catches you quicker than The Gifted. If you have nothing to watch, definitely watch The Gifted. Uh, get on that. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's It's fun. But uh, what have you been? Have you been reading anything, Dan? I have not really been reading too much. Dan, I have not. I have not. The only thing I've been reading are a lot of uh, a lot of work shit that I would rather not be reading. <laughs> oh, I totally lots get of, that. Lots of uh, occupational stuff that's keeping me from doing what I really want to do, which is either reading a good book or reading some some good comics. And I have not been able to. No, but uh, I know that you well, read something. I, I know you well, read something. I bring this. 
I bring this up because uh, you got that. I want to hear your review of that Comics Unlimited thing you got. Or Mar- which? What did you get? Marvel Unlimited? Comics Unlimited. Yeah. I, yeah. I, what is that? Okay. Explain this to the to the listeners, man. Well, Comics Unlimited is just an app that you can get, and you can somehow not somehow you can you can merge it with Amazon. Okay. So you can purchase on Amazon and get books through, you know, to read on your Comicsology yeah. app. And the reason that I think that's a good thing is because there's a lot of things. It, you, it's a huge database of comics, first of all, and there's a lot on there that you can get when you do the unlimited. You can actually borrow books, which is great. I think it's really great. But there's also a lot left to be desired because there's a lot what they call the wish list. So it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, here it is. They have this. And then you look and it's wish list. You can't get it yet. But the good thing about that is is that you can go to, say, Amazon, buy it there and read it on your your comiXology. But you're actually, but well, it's cool. But at the same time, you're buying it as opposed to borrowing it. So... My my opinion's still a little bit out, and I like it because, like I mentioned before, it's hard for me to get out and just peruse the aisles when I'm looking for comics. I don't have a lot of time to do that, whereas I can sit there all night and do several things and, and just look through. And, and I've got several that I want to read right now. Uh, one of them, which I'm going to share with you, is called Key of Z. This has been out for a yeah. while. And Key okay. of Z, I showed you the cover of that, and I could tell that you were like, oh, yeah, that's definitely something Dude, I can get down know. with. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. already know. You know, I... I I think I'm giving this one more love, not necessarily than I should have, but I know I'm giving it more attention because it's written by the singer of Coheed and Cambria, Claudio Sanchez, and his wife, Chandra Eckert Sanchez. This book is about, it's, I don't want to say post-apocalyptic, but it's post-zombie outbreak. Okay. It takes place on the East Coast, and it all has to do with, it has to do, it's weird, it has to do, all these people are living in Yankee Stadium. It's like this whole battle zone thing, and, and they, they're that's they're like all walled off from all of the zombies that are outside. But there's this guy, much like the Pied Piper, you know, he has this he has this harmonica, and he can kind of control the zombies by blowing into this harmonica. And I know it sounds really weird, but the art is really what got me. This looks really cool. Um, I started reading a little bit of it, but you know, as Dan does, he puts things down. So I'm going to come back to that there. But so far, so good. Um, that's probably the first thing I'm going to read afterwards. And I just have the, the reason I'm even bringing this up is I just stumbled upon it on Comicsology. So I saw that, borrowed it, and that's going to be my next read. Oh, that's dope, dude. Yeah, I've I've, I've watched. Uh, the only thing I've read was Thor: God of Thunder, Volume One. And of course, dude, this is this this book is crazy. If you have a chance, Dan, you have got to read Thor, God of Thunder. For I just real. I just wrote it down because you told me to read that last week and I forgot which Thor it was. So now I'm on it. It's so good. I mean, what it is, is um, I guess it's a series by Jason Aaron. I've never heard of Jason Aaron, but his run apparently is legit. And the volume one is it's pretty much starts off uh, with um, the uh, it shows it goes through different time time spaces and uh so we'll alternate between old thor thor at his prime and then thor as a like a i guess you would call him a more of a 2018 year old thor where he's you know coming into his power being like i could do all this and i'm dope and i'm drinking and i'm eating and life is good and i'm having sex and um but there is a god killer that is just going to planets killing gods and so you know thor is going to these planets seeing these gods that are dead and um there's one dope 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 um scene where he meets the god killer he said 
And the God killer looks at him. He's like, I tortured the God of torture and he spilled the beans on everything he knows. So what is a Thor going to do to me? And I was like, oh, it's about to get real. Damn. He said, I tortured the God of torture. <laughs> it's so good, dude. And so Thor's like, well, let's, let's, let's handle this business. But it's so freaking good. And it shows um, uh, how Thor, how much Thor wanted to be able to pick up that hammer in the beginning. He had an axe, but he wanted that hammer. And he wanted it bad. And uh, it's, it's just, it's an interesting thing to see him going from young Thor to Thor at his prime to an old, jaded, does all of this matter, Thor? Why are we even doing this? You know, that old man that's just like, whatever, man. Like, whatever. It's so good, dude. So, so does, it, is it, this, does this start off? Sorry to interrupt you. I'm just curious. Does it yeah. start off as a young Thor and it goes all the way to the old Thor? Yes. Okay. It, okay. Goes, it goes young Thor and it'll say now and it'll show what's happening now. And then once in a while it goes 22,000 years later and then it'll go back to young Thor again and everything somehow matches. You're like, oh, that's why that's happening now. Oh, that's what. And he, Jason Aaron somehow maneuvers it where it's just like every time you're like, well, why would the God of torture do or God of the God killer do that? And it will just switch up to the beginning when Thor was young and they met up. And you're like, oh, that's why they're doing it. And it's still it's it's still this thought of there's a point where the God of uh, the God killer is like, you know what, Thor, I thank you for what you did to me. Because that night in the cave is why I'm coming after you now. And we still don't know what Thor did to him in that cave. And so now I'm on, I'm on to book two. And uh, if you guys want to read God of Thunder, volume one, it's free with uh, if you have Amazon Prime. Oh, Steve's just got the hookup. Yes. If you have Amazon Prime, just like Dan, Dan, you did the Kindle. I guess there's a Kindle app. It even works for the iPad. Download the Kindle app and just get it from your um, get from Prime Reading. It's a free Prime Reading right now. God of Thunder Volume One, man. Jason Aaron is uh, he's killing it. I'm very interested in the other stuff he's written. Anything he's he's writing right now, I'm definitely probably going to go ahead and download um, because I love and the man the art in God of Thunder. I mean, even the even the cover when you're looking at the God of Thunder cover, it looks so dope. You're like, oh, this is interesting. It looks like art. Like every single page is like, wow, this is crazy. So, um, yeah, check out God of Thunder. That's the only thing I've been reading, though. I'm going to have to check that out. For Thank you very much for the recommendation. And I, I, I do believe, if I'm not wrong, that, Dan, you have a bit of news coming your way. We have news, mate. Let's go ahead and get to okay. it, right? Now. All right, then. Come on, then. All right, then. <laughs> We're losing all of our UK listeners right now. Right this fucking second. I know. They're going to send in stuff and be like, come on, oh boy. I'll be like, all right, you got me. Okay. I will not do your Point taken. Anymore. Point taken. How <laughs> many fucking times you guys are going to say dope, you fucks? Uh, that was pretty good, actually. That was that was more that dude. What's that guy's name that was a super tough guy from Snatch? What's his name? Oh, I was, like, He's super tough. I don't know what that guy's name is, man, but I want to learn... How to speak like fluent Cockney? Oh, good luck! I it's, think you have to move there. I think you would have to. You would have to actually have yeah. to just be completely submerged into it. I, I love it because I can't me. understand it, but it fascinates the hell out of me. So, news. You'd mentioned news. Let's talk some news, ladies and gentlemen. It's official. Amazon 
they got their shit together and they're going to go ahead and start the Lord of the Rings prequel series. We talked about it last week. Amazon is making a they've signed up for it. I believe they have eight episodes ready to like ready to make. And it's mm-hmm. going to be a prequel of the Lord of the Rings. Um, I think it's actually going to be what happens in between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Now, Steve, I'm going to be 100% honest with you about this. Yes. I yes. kind of don't really care. <laughs> I hate to say I'm that. Rough. I hate to like, you know, like blow up this balloon and then pop it. But I really wasn't a Lord of the Rings fan. I read the books when I was Dude. a kid. I found the movies beautiful but boring. I did not like The Hobbit at all. I, I had to like kind of finish it for closure. But I just... I'm not all that thrilled. It's not to say that I'm not going to watch it or at least give it a shot because I hear that there's a possibility. Everyone's trying to fill the gap of, you know, the soon to be gone Game of Thrones. Yes. So they, yes. I, you know, so I, I would like to have something that has that kind of brutality in it. I don't, I don't think this is going to be it, but it, it's quite possible. But I don't have a lot of interest in this show. But that is, in fact, something that I wanted to tie up because we were talking about it. They were they were just announcing this here. And as it turns out, it's going to be a prequel to Lord of the Rings that falls in between The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series. So I don't imagine you're going to be watching this one, are you? Um, you know what? I actually will if I can't find an aquarium to stare at or a lava lamps to look at. <laughs> I will definitely be turning on the prequel to Lord of the Rings on Netflix for sure. No question. See, I feel like that was a backhanded compliment to Lava Lamps. No, no. I was saying that I think that watching an aquarium and watching a Lava Lamp is more exciting than Lord of the Rings. That's what I mean. No, no, I don't no. Know I feel what you're across. saying. I feel what you're oh, okay, saying. Okay, okay. But what sure. I'm, no, I got you 100%. <laughs> I just don't think you dig Lava Lamps is what I'm getting at. And I think that every, um, every house should have one. So You know what? You're right because I have one. So, yeah, most houses should have one. I think there's one um, around here somewhere, but I don't have it plugged in. You, there's no home. way you have it. There's no way you have a lava lamp. I think the boy has one somewhere, somewhere in that in that in that abyss of a room that he has. <laughs> I, <laughs> there's probably the cure for cancer, <laughs> as well as the lava lamp. But yeah, I believe there's one in this house. Somewhere. That's cold blood. I know your son be keeping his room impeccable. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. No, not at all. But anyway, I'm not going to bash the yes. boy. Clean your room. God damn it. All right, what's next? And we are not interested in Lord of the Rings. No, no, we're not. My first piece of news is um, about MoviePass, something in the weeds, but I know that you were uh, you were even wondering about this. So MoviePass announced that they're going to shave off $40 off of their monthly subscription price. Um, and now the, the annual subscription costs an upfront payment of $89, which translates to $6.95 uh, a month. Uh, quote, you pay that large fee plus a small processing fee and you're good for an entire 12 months. After that, the same deal. One movie a day for free. A movie a day for free. <laughs> that is crazy. It's pretty amazing, but I'm curious about something. Because I was, yeah, I was looking into this. This isn't something that you can just, pur- it's an annual purchase. It's not something you yes. can just go month to month with. Yes. Well, no, no, no. It says... Once your year is up, your plan will convert back to $9.95 a month. Offer valid until it's not limit two per household. So you want to get movie passes for the whole crew. Yes. You, you're, you to, you're spending some money up front. Yes. But it will it will pay. I mean, I went, dude, I went to the movies yesterday. And before I even walked into the theater, I had already spent, let's see, we, we saw it in 3D, not because we wanted to, it's because we were out of town and that was like the new, the, the next showing. And, um, but I mean, you know, you got your, you got your freaking your $4 bottles of water, 
You've got, you know what I mean? You've got all these things. The movies themselves now are like 15 bucks a pop. It seems to me like that's the way to go. But I don't understand how, how movie, like movie companies cannot be on board with this, right? Like they've, someone's got to be fighting no. this, right? Heck no. They're like, all the movie companies are like, this is some bull crap. So enlighten me about this. Crap. Do you know like the origin of this? Like who who's doing this and, and how they got this to pass? That's just it. I'm not sure how they did this. How do they do it so that you get one free movie every day if you want to for an upfront annual fee of $89? Maybe $100. That is out of their, that's out of this world, bro. I, I kind of think I want that. I need to look into it more, but I, for myself, I think it would be good. I mean, particularly for what we do, it's nice to be up on the up and up with these things, you know, and it seems to make sense to me, but I just can't see this ending well. Like, I don't think it's going to end well. I think that that someone's going to fight this. It just, just doesn't make sense to me. There are movie companies that are just, you know, movie theaters that are just losing so much money from this. It has to be. Well, the thing is, here's what they could do. And I actually heard this on another podcast. What they could do is make it so imagine let's let's imagine a future where movie theaters go out of business except for few except for a few movie pass takes all that they can now charge whatever they want for movies because they have a monopoly on it once they've gotten everybody to stop going to the movies them giving you movies brand new movies say they deliver them straight to your house they can charge whatever because you have no choice now you have no choice. They've put the other people out of business sufficiently, and now you have no choice. I don't know. Like I don't. I like seeing a movie on the big screen. So do I. But I'm kind of down with that too. I would actually like that if we could just view these new releases in our house in our homes. Yeah, but if they're paying, if they're charging you, say they say you can watch all the movies you want at your house, knowing that there's a limited amount of movies you can watch, but they charge you 120 a month, like a normal cable fee. You wouldn't have spent that at the movies. Period. But now you are just in case you want to watch the movies. Yeah, that would be a cra- I know you're just throwing a number out, but that would be crazy. Yeah. That's not something I could get behind. And you're probably right. That's that's probably what would end up happening. It would be just as ludicrous to either go see it in the movie theater or to watch it at your house because it's going to be so damn expensive. Because why else would MoviePass do this? They're not going to make money. So they're, they have an end game. And yeah. the end game is not for... You know what we want to do? Better the world. No way. No, they're giving you, they're giving, it's like a drug dealer giving you that first taste for free. Yes. So to speak. Bingo. Just a little Bingo. taste. Just, Try yep. this out. You'll be back. You'll be back. I don't understand how this is happening because it's, okay, imagine it. Okay. And even let's just say they're buying all these tickets at matinee prices or whatever prices they're buying them for, buying them at. That means that, I mean, the movie theaters are going to have to subside on hopefully people not getting into this movie pass thing or somehow going at night also, because if they only buy them at matinees, the movie theaters are making no money on evenings. None. None. I, I think that I would just th- do it in the evening on principle. Really? Well, I mean, if it's more expensive, why not stick it to them? You know, <laughs> I mean, that, no, you're right, dude. That's the way I see it. I, I remember one time I went to, and I know we're not, we're talking movies, but I'm talking about concessions. I, it's just so expensive, dude. I remember I walked into the theater one time and it was, uh, okay, we're, we're from Fresno, folks. There's this place called uh, Manchester Regal. And we went in there and I ordered, like, I think it was just like two bottles of water and like, I don't know, some gummy bears or something like that for my kid. And the price was like almost $20. The dude couldn't even 
say it with a straight face. The kid literally like was okay. That's twenty. Like he he laughed about it. I'm like, you can't even say it with a straight face, can you, man? Damn. I'm not, I'm not a thrifty man, but some of these prices are ridiculous. And and I, I tie it all together. If I can sit and have my you know my 25 cent bottle of water that I got from a crate over at Winco, you know what I mean? <laughs> While yes. I'm watching this movie, it's the same. I went to Maya Theater. I don't even know, folks, if Maya Theater is anywhere but in this town. But I went to Maya Theater, and I got a. I don't even know what the... Hold on. I have one right here in front of me. I'll tell you. It is. Sorry for all the plastic sounds. A 16.9 ounce of Arrowhead water. I did this with I did this with the gift card. It was a birthday. Thank you, folks. They got me the gift card from work. $4 for this bottle of water. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I sound like a cheap ass or something, but that's just insane to me. Like, it was just a $4. Whereas you can go to another theater, at least they give you the large... For $4. Movies are just getting too damn expensive for me, Steve. That's why I wanted to look into this whole movie passing in the first place. So I may Dude, have to I may I have to get one. Looking deeper, guess who started Movie Pass? I have the, no clue. The co-founder of Netflix. Kind of makes kind of makes sense. Dude, oh, they're after bruh. They're trying to put those movie theaters out of business. Oh no, I'm not gonna do movie pass. Hell no. Nope. Because of the ugly outcome that it'll have? Totally, dude. There's no way he's going to be like, no, I just want the theater experience to be better. Heck no. People aren't talking when you go, when you're watching at your house. I get it. But you also don't have leather. Re- oh, never mind. Some of us do have leather recliners. Let <laughs> me just stop that conversation dead in its tracks. Some of us have leather recliners with USB ports, but some of us don't. Don't hate. <laughs> don't hate. You know, what's funny is, you know, because we're still we're still on our honeymoon with our couches. You know, we're loving yes. the shit out of these things. But we went to a theater yesterday that had the leather recliners. And I made the mm-hmm. joke of I made the joke of apparently we only deal with leather reclining seats when we watch our movies now. Oh. Like just being a dumbass. Right. Of course. As I hit the recliner button, broken. <laughs> Didn't even work. <laughs> Dang. Karma, man. Karma. Now. Are you going to for real? Here, if you do movie pass, let me know because you're going to be able to uh, just don't push. I agree. Read the fine print and tell me what it says. Well, it's funny that you say that because it, it says you have to go on the app to register. Because I was just trying to find out, do we have it in our area? It says yes. it, it says like, oh, it, it's 90 something percent of all movies in, in the United States. But it didn't say Fresno. So I was looking to see, you know, does it have it? And apparently it does. There's a site that you can go to and I don't have it handy, but you could go. It was somebody from um, Reddit actually made a like a search engine and you can put in your zip code and see which movies move theaters it'll work at. So it does in yeah. fact work. But I went onto the app just to see if I could like see what it had to offer and everything like that. But no, yeah. right off the, right off the jump, they're like, okay, well this is where you put your credit card in. And that's when I stopped. Oh man. I wasn't just going to give my credit card out and no. then be like, nah, that's not something I'm into. I, I don't honestly know if I'm going to get it, Steve, but six ninety five a month does sound pretty awesome for unlimited that's movies. Crazy. That's crazy. But if there's more to it, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into it before I give my, my full opinion. But they're willing to, we already realized they're willing to miss, lose money. It's Netflix. They're willing to take a hit to get people addicted to that and then slowly do the $1 a month upgrade. But like, oh, now it's going to be $9 a month. Now it's going to be 10 Now it's going to be 11 Like slowly because look, Netflix, they have, for $9 a month, you get how many movies available to you? They're willing to do the same. They say, quote, in this article, he says, quote, We've seen a 100% increase in movie going, 50% increase in midweek attendance, and 123% increase in concessor revenues 
for all of its movie pass members. And so he's saying, hey, movie theaters have nothing but gain from this. They have nothing to lose, everything to gain. You do know he's up to some bull crap. This is why they do these things. They, they, I don't think that they just went, hey, let's do something really nice for oh, everybody yeah. and then not think about what's going to be what the end game is. You know, you, you so I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Because now the movie theaters are be like, dang, we have a hundred percent increase, and so now he could be like, look, if you let our members go, look at how much you're going to lose now. He has them. If they keep doing that, and you see a four hundred percent increase. The movie theaters are going to be a rock and a hard place. Be like, if we say no more movie pass members, they're just going to go to River Park, or they're just going to go to another movie theater. So we have to say yes, if that's what he's thinking. Well, I'm sure whatever he's thinking is not is not going to end well for us. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a profit business. You know, uh, right? Netflix ended well and Netflix did well for us, dude. It didn't do well for Blockbuster. Our movie theater is the next victim of Netflix, quote unquote, movie pass. Yeah, I kind of think so, man. <laughs> I really think that they are that going sucks, to. dude. I think that they're going to go the way of the Dodo. I, I do. Or drive in or drive in because I know ages ago people were like drive ins are always going to be here. Yeah, the novelty didn't even last on that one there. You know, exactly. I have to admit that I would still, I mean, there's still around. There's still a few oh, that yeah. are somehow Sunset still around. exists in San Luis. San Luis still has Sunset Drive-In. I've been to Old Sunset. That's a great, I saw Austin Powers. That's at the, It's a great uh, movie the theater. It's fantastic. It's a cool place, yeah. man. I, and they always double as like the swap meet too, the next mm-hmm. day, the flea market, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I think that's cool. I think that they still have those things. I, it's nice because it's a little bit of nostalgia for you, but I don't exactly. think that they're going to be around forever, man. At some point, at some point, they're going to have to go. And that's what, what do you do to a business? I know we're going on and we're going to move on, but what do you do to combat a business and a businessman that's willing to lose billions to beat you? Bend over and take it. (laughs) (laughs) What else can you do? Like, what do you do? He's willing to lose billions to, he dropped the price $40 per month. There are some companies that will spend (laughs) way more money to knock out the competition. Yes. So in the end, it comes back to them. Mm-hmm. I work he's for gonna, one of those companies. He, exactly. You do work for, and and he's just going to siphon the people from them and put them out of business. Do you like uh, True Detective, brother? Or did you not really dig it? I have seen part of, of season one. Dan. I have not. Yeah, I have nothing to Dan. give to add to it. It's what I hear. Dan. I know. I know. I'm slapping my own hand. Hear that? Okay. See that? Okay. How? How? How did you? How, okay. Wait. Wait. How did you not watch that when that was like the only thing on, and you didn't watch Game of Thrones at the time? If you really want to be boring about it, that is when I was like working way too much. There was zero time for me to do anything, which is why. Uh, going back and talking about our old podcast, The Word, that's when everything kind of flipped for me. We were, I was I was enjoying, you know, watching television and, and, and watching movies. And I was really into Preacher at the time. And then I got the promotion and the different job. And I started working way more hours. And that's the boring answer, Steve, is I just totally did not have the time to watch it. But that is actually on my high priority watch list right oh, now. Because dude. everyone raves about season one. And dude. that is, if I'm not mistaken, is that the one with McConaughey and Harrelson? That's it. That's, that's season one, right? That's it. So everyone has told me, like, just shut up, watch season one, it's and so I'm going to do it. It's so good. The sec- I even like the second season. I even like the second season because I'm one of the few people that can just watch Vince Vaughn do Vince Vaughn. I can watch that, and it's entertaining enough for me, but I understand that people didn't really like it as much, but the good news, 
is that season three just locked in Carmen Ijogo. Have you ever, you've seen Carmen Ijogo? If you look her up, you've seen her before. But it's going to be Carmen Ijogo and Mahershala Ali in the next season of True Detective Dog. It is going to be so freaking good. And they said it's going to be set with uh, missing children, two missing children in the 80s. It's going to be dope, Doc. I cannot wait for this, man. So I would say I would say just do season one and just wait for three, even though you like Vince Vaughn. So you might like Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughning. Yeah, I'm down with Vince Vaughn doing his Vince Vaughning. But hey, can you do for the people like myself that haven't watched the show yet? Can you give a small premise of what it's about? It's about normally it's a it's what it does is it takes detectives working a case, different cases every time. It either it revolves around the people uh, actually invested in getting the case or the people who are being investigated. It just depends. It's it's just it's a story about so many different people. Whereas the first season, True Detective was just about pretty much just about. Um, uh, Harrelson and McConaughey's characters. Those two characters were the one they focused on, and I like that more. And I think they're going back to that, saying, let's just focus on these two people, which is going to be Mahershala um, Ali and Carmen Jogo for this year. And it's just good. If you liked Mind Hunters, you're going to love True Detective. Is this show kind of like a Fargo? Where each season is something completely different. Yes, bingo. But in the same bingo. in the same universe, if you will. Same vein. Yes, exactly. It's different people, same vein. Um, I think I, people thought that it was going to be um, McConaughey and Harrelson again for season two, but they it didn't. But once you heard like Vince Vaughn, you were like, "Oh, this should be really good." Uh, Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell. You thought it was going to be a no lose, but it was a lose. It was a bit of a loss then, huh? Yes, but McConaughey and, and Harrelson was just, I mean, they were firing all cylinders. Uh, it was part of the McConaissance. That's Ooh. what, you know, that was right during the McConaissance period, so. Is that an actual term, Steve, or did you just make that up? It's a thing. The McConaissance. It, yeah. Well, all right, all right, all right. That's good news, Exactly. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that one, I'm really looking forward to. So, check it out, Make Brother. Make sure you get on that True Detective situation. It's on the list, man. It's on the list. I need some vacation time. I'm just going to lock myself into a room and watch every single show that I can. Please do. Come out out with a beard and soiled. All right. (laughs) In other news, do you know who's who's, uh, uh, in talks to be in the next Batman solo movie? I was actually going to bring that up, but let's talk about that. Because is it truly in talks or are they just throwing that name around and that's how it's gotten out? into the Twitter sphere and, and, you know, pop culture news, because the answer that you're looking for, I believe would be Jake Gyllenhaal. That's it. And I think it's circling because it says, quote, back when Christopher Nolan was casting Batman begins, Gyllenhaal auditioned. Uh Uh-huh. So he already had interest. I see. Exactly. And although Nolan quote, Nolan ultimately cast Christian Bale to play Bruce Wayne, Gyllenhaal's sister, Maggie letter appeared in a sequel to Batman begins the dark Knight. Gyllenhaal was also in contention to play Spider-Man, but got beat out by Tobey Maguire. So the only reason that I think that maybe he's going to get it is because it seems like he wants one of these roles. He wants one of these roles, but Affleck has been circling the, you know, kind of circling the role saying, you know, I'm getting kind of old. I don't know if I'm going to do this. So no one, it's really hinging on, well, is Affleck, are you going to stay? Are you going to leave then? That's what it's hinging on. 
And I think if he says, I'm gone, then they could actually go forward and be like, okay, cool. Let's start looking for a new Batman. But until he puts his stake in the sand, no one knows what he's doing. Is, is Ben Affleck going to see? He said he's contemplating starring in Batman. Well, then, what does that mean? <laughs> I have an opinion about that, but obviously Uh-oh. it's not the right time to do that. Go for it, brother. Well, no, 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 because it's gonna, it's oh. gonna, it's gonna tie in into what we're talking about. You know what? No more spoilers on that, folks. This week, you know, what we're talking about, we're talking about the Justice League. So, yeah. spoilers there. Yeah. Only of what we're gonna be talking about in a bit, but yes. that's why I don't necessarily want to give my opinion on on Ben Affleck just yet. If that's okay with but, you. But okay, well, at least give me this. Do you see Gyllenhaal as a potential? Is he six two? I don't know how tall he is. I could. Find I don't that think out, of six course. two. I always pictured him in like the five ten range. If I had, yeah, to. Well, I would say five nine. <laughs> not that I gave, not that I gave it any thought whatsoever. But if you're asking me, I would say he would be in the top. Because, Let's, I'm gonna find out. We right saw now. we saw Jason Momoa, who is tall, and Ben Affleck. They were head to head, and that's perfect for Batman. Like, isn't Ben Affleck like six four or something like that? Yeah, he's like six three. Yeah, a strong six three, or six two, and I think Momoa six two. Okay, I looked it up. Jake is actually six foot. So he's not short. Oh, no. Then the, No, he's right there then because he's taller than Keaton. Yeah, he could do it. He could totally do it. He could and, totally do it. You know, maybe he was like runner up. If he had expressed interest in doing that, maybe he was the runner up and that's why they're going to him first. Maybe it's like, you know, we like him, but I like Affleck better. And Affleck's going to be more of a name. He's, he's going to draw more people. At least and I remember, think that. Gyllenhaal was a pretty boy. I don't know if they, he might have, but so was Christian Bale. So was Christian Bale. So they went from pretty boy to prettier boy. So I don't know why they went Christian Bale. Maybe because they're like, we want this to be more something than anything else. I don't know. But I think Gyllenhaal, now Gyllenhaal's in a space where he'd actually fit right in. There was a time where I didn't really care for Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't really know why. I don't think I gave him a fair shot. I liked Donnie Darko. Uh, I liked End of Watch very much so. I loved End of Watch. I loved it. I'm trying to think of a movie where I didn't necessarily care for him. Oh, did you see Okja on on uh, Netflix? I didn't. How was it? I loved it. That's that's a whole thing we could talk about. I really loved that. That movie freaking got to me, dude. Seriously. Oh, but wow. Jake Gyllenhaal plays a role in there that I hated him. I hated the character. I just hated Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie so much. And there's been a couple where it's like that. But then you look at something like, say, Southpaw. Did you see Southpaw? I like Southpaw more than I should have because Fitty Sin is in it. And I was like, uh-oh. But he did a good job. <laughs> no, I liked that movie a lot. And I think that he's definitely got the chops to do it. I think that he could play an action role. And he can definitely look menacing if he wants to. Total. But he doesn't have the size that Ben Affleck has. The no. natural, big-boned size. But it's just like no one's ever going to have, at 22 years old, no one's going to look like Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve's facial structure was crazy at 22 years old. And you're just not going to get that again. But they and can yeah. bulk him up. And he's, I still think that, yes, he would not look, like, particularly, I don't know if it's the difference. I would really like to compare Batman from the other movies versus Batman and Justice League. Because he was huge in this movie. The, the bat suit, suit was big. The suit yeah, the was bat huge. suit was big. Him, he was just a thick individual. It but I mean, humongous. it made him. And and what I'm getting at is, I don't know if they could keep a suit like that because I mean they're inventing Batman all the time, of course. But I don't know if they could use the same suit with Jake Gyllenhaal, no. where, he, where he wouldn't look like he was swimming in it. Even no, the, his his face would be moving in that mask. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. The cow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would look like he was wearing his dad's cowl or something like that. I think even Momoa would look like he was swimming in that mask because Ben Affleck has a thicker face. His jaw structure is bigger. And so he fit that big monstrous suit. Whereas even if Jason Momoa would have been playing basketball or uh, playing a uh, Batman, it would have had to be a more slender, you know, V shape situation. And what I did notice is, and I don't know if it was on purpose, but you notice they didn't have shirt off pictures or uh, visuals with Affleck this time. They're putting him next to Momoa, man. That's they what I'm exactly what make, I was thinking. He's, they didn't want to make him. They didn't want to make this one of the main stars look uh, bad. Totally. That, and also, like, but we got to give, we got to do, get, we got to give Ben Affleck props. Momoa, this is his thing. This is what he's doing. This is what he's supposed to do. Ben Affleck plays a lot of different roles, so not every role is going to require him to be ripped. Momoa has not done one where he has to get big, where like fat. Ben Affleck is doing a million different roles that you have to do different stuff. So the fact that he was able to come back to this and do it is still impressive. I can't blame him for being like, I'm not going to get a six pack. I'm too old for that bull crap. I'm done. No, I'm just going to put on the suit and call it a freaking day. I'm not 25 years old. Momoa is probably getting roles because he's big. You know what I mean? He's getting those certain roles like, oh, let's just go to him. This dude's, this dude's got the perfect build for it. Just like know? Rock, The Rock. The Ro- Even Jason Momoa doesn't have... The genetics The Rock has. The Rock has that. If they were like, hey, Momoa, can you get as big as The Rock? They'd be like, no, because you don't have the genetics. You're not going to be black, half black, and half Samoan. You're just not going to get that. The Rock has a specific genetic makeup that make him a different human being. So um, you, I can't hold Ben Affleck to that to that standard. But again, and then um, bringing this back around, look, Jake Gyllenhaal, I can't hate on him for having a certain DNA structure. But what I can do is give him the props for the fact that he's saying, I'm willing to jump into this role. He's not saying, well, I don't know. No, he's willing to jump full in. I think it's all on the directors. Do they want him? That's the only question. But he could definitely get bulked up enough to, to play the Totally, role. dude. I would be pumped if it was Hall. I would be super pumped. I'd be like, especially after seeing a life. He, the dude is ready. The dude is ready. I, I really am looking forward to him doing this. I think he'd bring a different vibe to the character. I think he'd, he'd be way more human. I, I felt like, um, not to get in, in, ahead of ourselves, but I feel like Ben Affleck could be almost douchous with his richness. Whereas Hall would, in my opinion, this is all predicated on me uh, assuming certain things. But with my, with my assumptions, if uh, it would be like Jake Hall could give off that presence of I'm rich accidentally. Yes, I have money, but, you know, I don't even like to think of it. Whereas, you know, Ben Affleck is more of a, yeah, you're, I bought the bank. What's your superpower? I'm rich. I'm rich. Now, Gyllenhaal would say that line totally different and give us a totally different feel. Where he's just like, you know, Gyllenhaal would be like, you know, I'm rich. But we'd think, oh, he's just being like, well, yeah, that's my, that's all I got for you. You know, (laughs) that's all I can. Whereas uh, Ben Affleck was like, yeah, this is me. What are you going to do? That's what I got from it. I may be totally, this is a totally opinion, ladies and gentlemen, but I really want to see what Jake can do to this role. So I'm very excited about this news. If they, if it, or for me, either get Jake or Ben, say yes or no. If you're not going to do it and you're just kind of, let's see what Justice League does. Well, then just move, man. Let someone else say, I don't care what Justice League does. I want that role. He auditioned for it before. Then he auditioned for, uh, auditioned for Spider-Man, didn't get it. He wants this role. Give it to him. Give it to someone who wants it. 
I will say, and this doesn't have anything to do with my opinion of the movie. Yes. But I will say that I personally think that Ben Affleck is completely done with Batman. Oh, wow. I feel that it showed in his performance, and that's all I'll say for now. But I'll get back to it once okay, we start cool. talking about it. Yeah. But all that's cool. what I think. And, I'm, and I welcome it. I, I welcome a new Batman. I mean, it's always nice to have familiarity. You know what you're getting. And mm-hmm. for some reason, between Batman and Spider-Man, that's just the way it's always been. So I'm kind of used to it. I'm like a foster kid of nerds. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just keep going to. So, you know, no offense, foster kids. I just mean that I'm used to jumping around is all I'm saying. I totally get that. Um, okay, we both saw Justice League. But there are a few Easter eggs that were really fun. And one of them you already caught. But did you notice the Batman original theme? Yeah, I mean, Danny Elfman's back on board, man. So why wouldn't why wouldn't he put that in? It, when I first heard it, when I heard, you know, the Batman theme, I got like really excited. My Like my ears perked up like a yes. dog, you know what I mean? And I thought that was so cool that he slipped that in there. It was so good. Danny Elfman is one of my all-time favorites. I was huge into the band Oingo Boingo. So I've loved Danny Elfman since the 80s. Classics with Burton. You always you know, know Danny Elfman when you hear him, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, what he did with, as a musician, listening to what he did with um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the way he made, he did Elfman. Like, I could tell what an Elfman score is, but he switched it up in such a way that I'm just like, dude, this guy is just, he's acting on a different level, man. He's doing music on a different level. He could literally watch something. And do something that, I mean, the, his his score for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory fits so perfectly. And so when I'm sitting there watching and I hear, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I got very giddy. Everybody, people are going to leave after the first credit sequence. Do not. Our, our theater cleared out. There was only four people, me, my son, and two other people that stayed to the after credit sequence. The Easter egg at the end. My son is super cool. He almost leapt out of his seat and said, Dad, Dad, (laughs) let me tell you something. Some of you will be like, I don't get it. That's cool. Some of you, some of you are going to literally run around the theater Because now we know DC's like, hey, Marvel, watch your back. We've come to play. We have come to play. Gee, what you just said is perfect. I didn't (laughs) even think about that. Thank you much. We have come to play. Now, mind you, they showed up to the basketball court and they still have the high socks and the headband, (laughs) but they have a nice basketball now. So you got to give them proud. They're still wearing the mouth guard and you're like, oh, this may be terrible. They got some goggles and them short shorts. (laughs) Exactly. But they showed up to the right basketball court this time. So they're like, oh, you showed. They came to play now. Here's what I think I'm more jazzed about what this says about the future. What I mean, I mean, what this says about what's going on. Had I literally left that theater and people online, like when they're saying I didn't like it, well, then you just don't like fun. You just, well, that's what you don't like. You walked in there ready to hate it. And so you made a reason to dislike it when you're going to sit there and there's certain, even if you, I would respect someone to come out and say, Hey, I didn't like it. But what this says for the DC universe is a lot. Then I would like, okay, that's fair. But when you say I just didn't like it, Okay, well then dig deeper. Tell me what it means for the DC universe against the Marvel universe. What does that mean? Like, what are they trying to say? What this is a 
This is literally a ship in the distance firing a warning shot at a fleet saying, hey, we're not done yet. By the way, why y'all leaving? (laughs) This fight just started. (laughs) Okay, all of our other ships are destroyed, but there's still one and we're ready to rock and roll. This was such a shot, dude. Over the bow, dog. You used a good word. You called it fun. Now, this a lot of people, could, whether or not you, well, I guess you, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But there's one thing that I personally don't think that you can say about this movie is that it was not fun. It was exactly. a freaking entertainment all the way through this movie. Totally. So yeah, totally. don't don't buy in, don't buy into everyone's opinions. Don't buy into our opinions. Make your make the choice yourself. But at least stay till the very end. I was starting to talk about that end scene, and I went, you know what? I'm just gonna get big spoiler warning. I'm going to spoil that scene. Towards the end of this year, I'm just telling you because I have to talk about something because it gave me the, uh, the Goosebumps. the uh, yeah. Let's just say that I was about to say something Goosebumps. much more crude. Yeah, I, was I say something. totally, I totally <laughs> saw where you're going. But there was before we go forward. I really now you got me. I'm, you shouldn't even have brought it up. What is it that's darker that you're? I'm interested in. G. I'm sorry, oh. I gotta know. Okay, well, this is it's stepping, been bothering me. <laughs> stepping out completely from the superhero realm. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, I know that you're a fan. I hate. I feel like you're going to get disappointed on this right here. So Uh-oh. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, I think you're going to be disappointed in some people, or at least in a person. Think I'm about 99.9% sure you consider this person a hero. So get ready. All right. Something mm-hmm. I read today, and uh, the article. Yeah, it's an article. Actually, this came out. What's day? The 19th. Yeah, this article just came out today on Variety.com, and I immediately thought of you. So I'm going to go ahead and just read the title of this article and uh, let's see what comes out of your mouth. So Brett Ratner and Russell Simmons accused are accused of working together to carry out sexual misconduct. I know we keep coming back to it folks, but it's everywhere right now. You cannot avoid this here. This I brought this one up specifically because I know you're a huge fan of Russell Simmons. Well, and I'm a fan of Brett Ratner for like before this like the last before these last two years I was a fan of him before he come he before he came out as a clear unadulterated douche but now with Russell Simmons okay number one I'm gonna preface this by saying he's canceled when it comes out because I'm he's can't it's done because I'm not gonna sit there and be like well let's see what no 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 I'm done well would you like to at least hear the what exactly he's been accused of So, and and I'm going to go ahead and say that I I heard Brett Ratner on a Howard Stern show years and years ago. I've never liked that guy. I think he's a, he just seems like, I mean, I don't know him from a hole in the wall, but the, the persona that he projects, like on, particularly on the Howard Stern show, just an arrogant prick. So of course I I just, just one, like every time I see him, I was like, oh, that's that arrogant prick from the Howard Stern show. I never liked that guy. So again, this is from variety.com. Um, Here we go. This is actually an article that came from the Los Angeles Times, though. This is where it all stemmed from. The Times had previously reported that six women, including actresses Olivia Munn and Natasha Henstridge, had come forward with allegations of misconduct against Ratner. And the new report alleges that Simmons, his mentor, has worked with the director and producer to carry out inappropriate behavior. I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but Carrie Clausen, I believe it's Kalihi, a then 17-year-old model alleged that she met Ratner, who was a music video director at the time, and Simmons in 1991 at a casting call. After dinner one night, the pair took her back to Simmons' apartment to ostensibly look at a music video. According to Kalihi, Steve, Simmons began to make aggressive sexual advances toward her, including tearing off her clothes. She says, I looked over at Brett and said, help me. And I'll never forget the look on his face, she told the Times. In that moment, the realization fell on me that they were in it together. 
She alleges that, yeah, she alleges it gets worse. She alleges that Simmons then tried to force her to have intercourse, which she fought off until he relented and coerced her into performing oral sex. Kalihi told the Times that Ratner sat and watched. Afterwards, while taking a shower, Kalihi said that Simmons approached her from behind and briefly penetrated her without her consent. It hurt so much, she said. So I could just keep going on with this, but I'm not going to read the entire article. But I had to tell you about this because I had to get your take on it. I know I know you love some Russell Simmons, man. What does that make you think? It makes you th- I mean, look, look. I know you said he's canceled. He's canceled. But but now that you know the specifics. It's gross. And the thing is, like, here's the sad part. Four weeks ago. Four weeks ago. I would have been totally and utterly taken aback by these crazy stories just four weeks ago. Now it's like, it's shocking that Russell did it, but the non-shocking part is what happened. Cause it just sounds like this is what happens. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's hard for me to be like when, when women are like men are trash and the men are like, not all men, not all men. And then you see these stories and be like, you know, I could get why a woman would just go into life saying men are trash prove me wrong that's it like i'm just gonna assume all men are trash until the individual ones prove me wrong i get it i can't say there but i can't sit there and be like no most men are good you'll just run into bad ones is that the what you want to tell your daughter is that the dice you want to roll in this world now or would you just be like daughter assume all men are up to no good maybe some aren't and hey, you'll, maybe you'll find the good one. But I would rather you coming out the other side being overly cautious than for me to send you out into the world saying, trust everybody, most people are good. Hell no, not in this world. It's over. It's over, Jay. Those days are done. Dude, I'm looking at this article and it's like, I don't want to read the whole thing, but there's like so much more to this now. It's like, so, you know, he does, he did make a statement basically saying, you know, that it's it's completely and unequivocally he denied her account, stating that abusing women in any way, shape or form violates the very core of his being. OK, so take that for whatever. He said that everything that happened between us 26 years ago was completely consensual and with Carrie's full participation. OK, take that as a grain of salt. But now there's a second woman by the name of Tanya Reed who also claimed that Simmons and Ratner. I find it weird that two people say the same. That's pretty far fetched. You know what I mean? Not far fetched, but it's like it's it's. These two people acted together to do that. That's a pretty distinct accusation. But a second woman named Tanya Reed also claimed that Simmons and Ratner acted together in the, let's see, in the Times New Report claiming that she encountered the pair in 1994. So, you know, the time frames are all pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. At a hotel in Miami where she moved to try to become a model. She was working the front desk at a hotel at the time and she alleges that Simmons asked her to personally deliver a toothbrush to her. And he told her that he wanted her to come upstairs so brett could hold her down and could perform oral sex Jeez. so now we've got the two working together and we got the the oral sex thing you know it's just dude wild, bro. and it's check just this out wild check this out terry cruz just put out a tweet he says dear russell simmons no one gets a pass and this is the email he got from russell's friend russell simmons regarding the agent terry cruz is suing from wme is it wme WME, his name is Adam Bennett, that, you know, groped Terry Crews, right? So he says, Terry, did he ever apologize? Give the agent a pass. Ask that he be reinstated with great love. All things are possible. 
That's what he's emailing Terry Crews, Jay. I have no words, dude. I mean, I really <laughs> just don't know what the hell's going on in this world right now. And, and, you know, and like I've said before, and I still feel weird when I say it, but because of the way that the justice system works, people should be innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. But all of this is coming out yes. now. It's It's hard to not just automatically think that it's true when they're like stories are lining up from two different people, same time frame, same type of a story. It's just really hard. I don't know what the hell to think. It's anymore, just gross, man. dude. It's here. It, yeah. It, like part of me says with the way the justice system works, it's innocent until proven guilty. But however, the way the justice system works, you're kind of like, well, it might be the only justice they get is them being ostracized from their company. Harvey Weinstein is never going to serve jail time. It's just not. They're having a hard time. Do you think it's time. because of the time frames? Yeah, I think that. And they're they're having a hard time firing Kevin Spacey because certain clauses in his, uh, there was no like mor- morality clause in his contract. So they're having an issue firing him from House of Cards. I thought he was already fired from House of Cards. They're having a hard time firing him. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Interesting. <laughs> and so and I just wanted. It's, thank you. I mean, look, people. I mean, we're not the judge jury, but I will tell you this. I, I will tell you this. If these uh, allegations, um, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I feel sorry for, and including you, brother, I feel sorry for those with daughters. What do you tell them going out into the world? I don't know. I don't let her go out. It's That's that one way to do it. <laughs> no, I'm just I, you kidding, know, but What do you, you say? You know, I'm really, I'm trying not to. I don't get real deep with her about these kind of things, but I have sort of talked about it a little bit, you know, and my daughter's got a very innocent mind right now. And I, mm-hmm. I don't really want, but I don't want to, I don't want to shield her from things that are just too real. You yes. Know? The balancing act must be, inc- it must to, be incredible, dude. To answer your question, I'm not quite sure what I'm saying to her just yet. We're starting to have these little talks, but it's, it's, it's a delicate situation, man. And I, I think I can give you more later on, but I, I luckily, Luckily, my wife is just like a wordsmith when it comes to stuff. So she's constantly talking to my daughter about that. And I think at this point, at this point in the game, her age, I think that she respects the opinion of her mother more Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to when it comes to things like this. I totally get that. That sucks. You know, she's uh, more comfortable. Maybe she's more comfortable is what I'm saying. Well, you know, in times like this, Dan, you know what I think? What do you think? I wonder. I wonder what would Jesus do? And Netflix might have the answer. Netflix <laughs> might have the answer for this because they're making a movie they're making a show quote Netflix is developing a new show called Messiah which tells the story of Jesus Christ what would what it would be like if Jesus Christ showed up in modern day world <laughs> that was a hell of a segue Steve <laughs> we may be able to ask Jesus wouldn't that be great if they had a show what would you like somebody plays Jesus and he takes calls I think that's what, just, this might be what this is. Is that really what it is? Like people just calling in and he's like, okay, so this is your situation. This is what I would do. Is that really what it is? Uh, no, well, that can't on. be it. Oh, no, here's it. Okay, here, let me give you the rundown. Quote, Messiah will chronicle the modern world's reaction to a man who first appears in the Middle East, creating a groundswell of followers around him claiming he is the Messiah. Is he sent from God or is he a dangerous fraud bent on dismantling the world's geopolitical order? In a 10-hour-long episode, 
The story unfolds from multiple points of view, including a young CIA agent and an, an Israeli Shin Bet officer, a Latino preacher and his Texan daughter, and a Palestinian refugee and the media, among others. What All are they walking into a bar? Dude. I mean, okay, here's the thing. I can't say anything bad about this because just last week I was saying, are people running out of ideas? Hey. This is definitely not a. This is not definitely the same, original. Not a reboot. I mean, no, dude. I'm down. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna really? check it out and see. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? But I mean, I don't know what. I mean, like, wh- doesn't mean I'm gonna stay with it. Is it gonna be but like? I'm, in, um, uh, I'm intrigued. I, I really have no idea what to make of this. I mean, it's it's such a crazy, it's just a crazy concept. If we're talking about how there's too many reboots and whatnot that's you know what i can't say anything you're right i'm down i'm down i'm checking it out no you're totally right i will check it out also just to be able to 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 um discuss it but um if jesus would say anything but yeah let's start over and incinerate this world i'm not going to believe it i think he needs to reboot the earth that should be it should be a one episode he comes down Goes around the world and be like, ah, oh, so dad, it looks like we messed up and just reboot. That's it's a, a little crazy, brother. Has bro. been raining a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. It's been raining a little bit more. Hey, I'm waiting for an arc. I'm waiting for an arc. I got arc. one I'm building out back, brother. You got it. You got room. You and you and your boy, you got room. <laughs> now you bring your sister, bring your mom. You can bring everybody. Thank got the you. whole Hudson family covered. Appreciate it. Now, this next piece of news you actually have also. Your your favorite director, Tarantino. He finally had someone duped enough to buy his script. <laughs> Why you guys say he's my favorite director? Man? <laughs> Sony Pictures have, me up. has acquired what is tentatively called number nine, the uh, ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. So this movie is set to take place in the 60s. And is going to be starring Margot Robbie, from what I understand. She's going to be playing Sharon Tate. This has to do with the the murder and all mm-hmm. the Manson situation, right? Mm-hmm. That that's very interesting. I don't know what he's gonna. I I don't know how he's gonna Tarantino it out. It he's, could go either way. To. He's going to. It can go. Oh, for sure. For I mean, sure, he's probably gonna say some some of your favorite words in it. Uh, and yeah, I'd be like, I didn't even know this needed to happen, but he will. He'll got to find it. Be like, I I I can't figure out where to put nigger. I I, I got to figure out where we place this. Like what would Jesus do? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yet another thing. But do you know how Sony won this bid? No. Like they tricked out their studio entrance with like 60s cars, 60s paraphernalia, all this stuff to get this bid from Tarantino. Oh, because he's so into retro and, and because that's what this style. movie is going to be based in. So they just wanted to prove that they could do it. Oh, I see what you're saying. They just wanted to give Dude. him kind of a visual of something that they're capable of doing yes. that might fit the the aesthetics of his movie. I again, I think they're stuck in 19 uh 99 2004. Why would Are you, you saying th- that they're giving him too much love for Hell this yeah. for this decade? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you check out this quote is about to blow your mind. Check it out. Sony acquires the worldwide rights for this movie, right? A source tells The Hollywood Reporter that the Tarantino film has to make $375 million worldwide to break even. To break even. Why so high? 
because of probably with the deal that they made with him. Why? No, again, <laughs> why so high? <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. How, like, dude. I don't understand what you're saying. You're, I don't want you to think that I'm not listening to what yeah. you're saying. You're saying that that's why they're stuck in 1994. But yes, I, I'm I'm puzzled by this. <laughs> I personally did not like um, the Hateful Eight. I did. I thought I thought I that was just him, yeah. just oh, you know, yeah, of course, yeah, jerking it, off all over himself, totally. basically. But I loved, but I loved Django and Shane. That was good. That was, that was a great, and great it was movie. a perfect. So, I know why. Oh, he. Oh, now he has reason. Yeah, he loved writing that movie. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. So I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. Does that movie hit you wrong? No, it didn't until you just see a you see a pattern of his thing. I mean, I'm interested. Getting back to what you were saying, how can I fit that word of in course. anymore? And then he's like, I'll just do a slave movie. Perfect. Next question. Yeah, right. That's like Tarantino just remakes Roots or something exactly. like that, right? But and the weird <laughs> thing is, he I don't think he said it in um in um in Glorious Bastards. I'm shocked he didn't fit it in. <gasps> he did. He did during the French scene when he was talking about how black people couldn't run the um <laughs> couldn't run the uh movie projector. No, I think he's definitely got a way of just jamming that in, in every single movie <laughs> that he's ever been. Did you ever watch True Romance? Did I haven't ever- yet, but you told me there's a scene. There, there's a scene in that one too. I mean he's that's that's definitely his it? favorite word. And Samuel that word, Jackson that word, must not care. Apparently not, but then again. Would Samuel L. Jackson be where he is without him? That's true. You know, that's something I, to think about. I don't. He wouldn't be where he's. That's true. He wouldn't be where he's at. But I don't understand why Sony would make it so that when when has is it that often that Quentin Tarantino makes three hundred seventy five million dollars worldwide? I mean, I'm sure Inglorious probably did. Pulp did, but has Pulp anything did for else? Sure. Django maybe. No, Django was kind of like a slow burn, wasn't it? Yes, I'm very interested in how much. You know what? I'm I'm very interested in how much uh, Quentin's movies have made. Okay, looking at his filmography, like let's say Pulp Fiction, right? Pulp Fiction, and that's gonna be. Would you say that's his star vehicle? I would say so. It made one hundred and seven million dollars. Wow, that's actually. I was thinking it. You you're talking about at the box office or total? Total. Like with DVD sales and gross, all it that says too? gross, $107 million. How much do you think Jackie Brown made? I have that one up, unless you have it in front of you. Oh, no, I don't have it. I'd say Jackie Brown, okay, I know I liked it, but a lot of people didn't. I'm going to give it $79 million. Why don't you half that? No, actually take $40,000. 40, sorry, take $40 million off of that. $30 million? $39 million. What? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of rounding, but yeah, 39. If you really want to be factual, it's 39 million six hundred seventy-three thousand one hundred sixty-two. Are you kidding me? That's what it grossed. Kill Bill. Let's see. That let's go. Kill Bill big, One. That's a big one. Now that should be a, a a monster. Which one do you think made more, Kill Bill One or Two? I'm going One. You would be wrong. Kill Bill One grossed twenty-two million on opening. Oh, that's twenty. This is opening weekend. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I apologize. I'm reading. I'm getting this from uh, the richest.com okay. where I'm reading this right now. What I'm getting it says for, that it, what I'm getting for which one are you looking for? Well, Kill I was Bill. talking about Kill Bill One. Okay, Kill Bill One grossed. Um, it grossed seventy million dollars. Not bad. Okay, that 
That makes more sense. But see, what's weird is I'm going off of this article that's telling you what it grossed, right? Total okay. domestic gross. But then all of a sudden it gives me opening weekend for Kill Bill uh, 1, which kind of jacked everything up. So it made how much? $70 million. Okay. So Kill Bill 2 grossed $66 million. That's not bad, dude. Not bad, but it's not those. The, what, how much was that number again for the new one? 375. Yeah, come on now. Inglorious Bastards, 120 million. That's a grip, not 375 million dollars. <laughs> Django Unchained, 100. That's his most. That's his top grossing movie, 162 million. Dude, what are they doing? So I don't know how they're going to make a profit off this movie. I think I know how they're going to do it. I think I know their little secret. They're not going to give Quentin Tarantino the keys to the kingdom. Good luck with that. They are not going to do it. They're going to, they're not Weinstein company. They're going to say, we're going to make 375 million if we have to babysit you every day of this movie. We're going to make this money because you're not going, yeah, they're going to get that money. They're going to have to market the shit out of this movie. To get it to do that. Well, I mean, I don't think that the interest is there. I don't either. I think a lot of people would be interested in seeing a Manson movie or at least. Yeah, I think that a lot of people I personally would be. I, I like that kind of thing, though. You know what I mean? I'm into like true crime and all that. So I would be compelled to go see this movie, whether or not Quentin Tarantino was directing it or, or not. But. Three hundred plus million, dude? dude. I don't I just don't see it. Happening. And then al- I don't see also it if, if they do. OK, let's just imagine. Fine. They put this movie out. They get behind Quentin Tarantino, knowing he's not going to make this sort of money back. If I were Sony, I would take it in the direction and say, okay, look, we've seen the dailies. We're probably, if I were them, I'd say, okay, let's take it in the, let's take it more Mindhunter direction so that you're kind of interviewing Manson, getting into his brain, and then he takes you back to what happened. Try to figure this guy out. Make a fake one, like the Hitler dying in Inglorious Bastards. Quentin needs to just invent a new Manson story. Maybe that's what he's doing, but that's what he needs to do. Quentin needs to just invent a Manson story because I don't remember him ever. If he's actually writing this and it's a real story, I've never, I don't remember him ever taking a real story and writing it. You know, man, I'm telling you, I think Sony's making a mistake on this one here. I don't see that happening. I really don't. Yeah, but it's his name. I, I don't think that Quentin Tarantino has yet to write his best movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Inglor- I think Inglorious is, that's why they did that, um, this may be my best work at, or this may be my masterpiece at the end. He knows Inglorious is his masterpiece. He knows it. He's never going to write something that good. It was perfect almost. It was almost a perfect movie. I really like that movie. I'm, I'm more of a fan of Pulp Fiction myself, but I know you didn't really care for that movie very much, but... I don't think that he's going to do anything better than either of those movies. Oh, no. I mean, because that, I mean, I mean, the table sequence... In the beginning, it was so tense to me. I was wondering, where is this going? He was so nice in the beginning, Christoph Waltz, and then all of a sudden he just turns. And woof. That scene made me uncomfortable. Just totally G. And he was like, oh, this milk is great. Your daughter's wonderful. Your cow's amazing. And the way his face changes and says, are you not hiding uh, I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> this just went terribly crazy. And it was the confidence with which Kristoff was like, you're going to tell me the truth. I know this. Such an evil monologue. So in that movie, dope. Man, in that movie. So dope. May I? And he's like, may I 
perhaps have some more, another glass of this yes. tasty milk. Yes. That I mean, he's, he's being pleasant with them, but you know it's coming. Oh, dude. It's the, it's, the, it's the villain monologue, you know? And the reason that it's so good is because of the years he spent rewriting it. Years and years rewriting that story. And it came out perfect. Brad Pitt did a great job. All these people did a great job. I'm not even a big... Um, What's his name? Dude from The Office, BJ Novak. I'm not a big BJ Novak fan. BJ Novak did a good job. <laughs> and so um, I thought it was good. I think Sony's totally tripping over their shoelaces on this one, but we shall see. We shall Time see. Time will tell, yes. right? Um, I only have one more story. You better get it out. Have you seen this picture of Christian Bell? You know, why does that sound familiar to me? Oh, I did, my God. Not enough to make it stick out. So now, hold on. I got to look it up. So Put we can talk Christian about Bale, Dick Cheney. Yes. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> yes, my God. Thank you for re- reminding me of what that Holy was about. But yeah, hold on. There it is. Ladies First and gentlemen, Christian Bale is playing Dick Cheney. And if you, this is a quick story. Just Google Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney. Look yes. at what he looks like now. It's just crazy. He's another one of those actors that completely gets into transforms, the world. dude. I mean, after the machinist, like the, oh my god, the machinist, yeah. Woo. How much weight did he lose for that one? Like sixty pounds or something. I'm surprised like that? he doesn't die. Uh, I mean, it can't be good for you. No, he said they're like, "What did you do to do the? Uh, how did you?" They're like, "There's a quote going around like, what did you do to lose all the weight?'" He's like, "I didn't eat." I'm like, "Well, that's a." Uh, one way of doing that he's like i just did not eat yeah that's how i'm looking at a side by i'm looking at a side by side right now, dude it's pretty amazing dude it is out i can't wait i can't wait to see what christian bell does with it i generally like christian bell did you like that one what was the recent one he did with um jennifer lawrence and bradley cooper that was called american hustle did you like it I did. I, it wasn't one of my favorite movies. Neither, same with me. Same with me. I just, it was one of those ones that I could, I, I, I would watch it again probably, but it's not something I'm going to go out looking for. It's bingo. another one of those. Bingo. You know, changing the channels. Oh, American Hustle's on. I'll watch bingo. it. Bingo. That was the movie that made me get Jennifer Lawrence. I get it. Like before I didn't get her thing. I'm like, I don't get it. I think she's okay. Then I watched that movie. I'm like, oh, I get why people like her. I get it. Oh, she's, you yeah, know, she's good. I love I, Jennifer Lawrence, man. I know you do, G. I bet. I mean, you even liked what was the name of the movie? Alice, Jackie, Beth, um, Joy, Joy. There it is. You probably <laughs> like Joy too. <laughs> I will not admit or deny that I, I liked that it. Movie. I liked it a lot. No, it's the one you're referring to. The one where she was doing the, all of the home shopping. I really like that movie. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I'm just messing. I with think. You. I, 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 I really like, don't think there's much that I don't like her. Yeah, she's. I good. know a lot of people hated her as Mystique. And I get it. I get it for all the comic reasons. But yes. I thought she was fine. I, I realized that I realized that they were kind of putting her into the forefront a lot more than they should. Oh, totally. But I just, I'm not hating on Jennifer Lawrence for that. She's just got that kind of personality. She's, I she's think great. her and Bradley Cooper. Okay, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but I think she's not going to be a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Not going to happen. Not going to be a Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan has a hit. I didn't realize she's killing it like that. Um, but they could be a new thing. Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, they could do, because they've been in three movies together now that I can count. And they do well together. But I think they could do the Meg Ryan where, okay, she could be the Meg Ryan where she, Meg Ryan was firing on all cylinders with Tom Hanks and uh, Billy Crystal. She just knew how to do that thing. They could make a real, I mean, I haven't seen a good uh, romantic comedy like When Harry Met Sally, which we probably won't get. 
that was a time. Um, and I haven't seen one as good as um, either you've got mail or um, what was the one with uh, the pin pal or the the phone call one with him and McRyan, Tom Hanks and McRyan. Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Thank Seattle. Thank you very much. I don't we're know why gonna, when Harry met Sally was coming into my head. Yeah, we're not going to get those, but I think her and Bradley could do it because Bradley eats scenery. He, I could watch Bradley Cooper. Like on War Dogs, I thought he was one of the best parts of that movie. He was only in it for like three minutes. I thought he was fantastic. That's somebody that has not, he has not made his best movie yet. Mm-mm. I can guarantee that. I really feel no. that about there. And I feel the same way about her too. But they, those two in Silver Linings Playbook, they were good. Dude, that was an incredible movie. That I would say that, you know, if I'm just pulling one off, like pulling this off the top of my head right now, I would definitely have to fit that into my top 10 favorite movies lately. Of all time? I, lately. Just uh, of the last few years. Love that movie. And I watch it every single time it comes on. I think I, they're incredible in that movie. Okay, next, pre, no, next pregame, I'm going to challenge that. First of all, give me years. From what year to what year to this year? Right now, do that? Yeah, give me years. Like, give me, okay, Silver Lion Playbook was made in a certain year. Give me the span of what you would put that top 10 in. Because I I know I can. Oh, I can give you 10 movies you liked better than that. Okay, we'll talk about it next week. I can for sure give you 10 movies you've liked better than that. Okay, fair enough. But I did just say that I'm just kind of pulling that off the top of my head right now. But I I will tell you you that I... I will tell you that that I absolutely love that movie, and that is one of the movies that I could sit and watch over and over again. That's fair. Love, I didn't. I didn't like it. the dance part. That's all. I'll give you that, but just their the way their interaction. Oh yeah, and they were good. and um, and De Niro. Did oh, you say De Niro. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, De Niro's talk with his son where he cried. Oh my god, that was hard. De Niro's insane in that movie. He Him is and his superstitions. So good. He is just so that, good. Or when she gets invited into his house and they're starting to watch that game, oh. and then he and then De Niro finds like, oh, this girl knows exactly what's going on. Yep. And just her whole play, just just her, dude. She just lit that freaking movie up, and I, I yeah. love that movie. So, and she, anyway. yeah, she she's a she's she's. But yes, I'm gonna we're gonna do that on pregrave for sure. And um, I think that's all the news, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you've heard, but this weekend, some a small movie, and I love independent movies. Don't you like independent movies, Dan? I like the smaller movies, much like the one we're about to talk about. Exactly. That, that, that just it, got made on a shoestring budget. Yes. So, okay. So back in the day, a person decided to write this tiny, 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 tiny comic book. And finally, someone reached back and said, you know, Zack Snyder was like, you know what? I think we could make something out of this. You know, and, and, and so uh, he decided to make something, a, a little movie called Justice League, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Dan, 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 I want to know, because you were, you were, you were semi looking forward to this, but we both were on the same thing. We were hearing stories about reshoots and rewrites and Zack Snyder's unfortunate tragedy and his, and his family and Joss Whedon then coming in and they lied. He did take writing credit. He just didn't take directing credit. They did. He did take writing credit. Um, after all the bullcrap that happened behind the scenes of this movie, Dan, what did you think about Justice League? 
I found Justice League to be fully entertaining, man. I, I, I actually liked it a lot. I had a good time in the movie. I do not think that it was the greatest movie I've ever seen. I, but I, I enjoyed the hell out of myself in this one. And there's reasons that I'll, that as we get into this, that I'll give you. Um, it's, it's a lot better than what I was expecting it to be. I'll tell you that much. I got kind of fixated on the, on all the trailer footage where it's, I noticed now that a lot of the footage that we were seeing in the trailer was coming from the climax. Mm-hmm. So there was lots of red and, and lots of CGI and that was really throwing me off. And that's not to say that I still don't think that way, but I really liked it. I liked the way that they all played off of each other. Uh, I don't have all positive things to say about it. But I dug it a lot. I dug it a lot. And I will explain these things that I'm saying as we go along in this conversation. Steve, what say you? I freaking loved this movie. There was not a, there was no, I'm going to be like, other than this. I mean, there's going to be things we did like, okay, if I, we're going to pick through what we didn't like. But dude, I came out of this movie having had so much fun. I mean, it was so good to me. I, from the beginning to the end, I thought it was just a freaking fun movie. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I thought that they they got the tone right. I definitely smelled Joss Whedon all over it. Um, I also smelled Zach. I did smell a lot of Zach. But I, did sm- I think Joss Whedon definitely put his stamp on this movie. You know, he knew exactly, I got to give him props for coming in and and taking over after such a terrible thing happened with Zack Snyder. But man, look, man, if if it was bad, I would have destroyed this movie. If it was okay, I would have destroyed this movie. That means it had to jump over both of those hurdles to get up to I loved it. And it hurdled it and I loved it. So my complaints, I mean, man, like, okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Give me, give me your list of things you did like first. Tell me what you did like about this movie. Okay. But I will tell you this thing. My complaints are super small. Mm -hmm. I'm more in the Steve Hudson camp of, of loving this movie. I like, um, did I love this movie? Hold on. I'm not going to put words in my mouth because you loved it. And and it's weird because when we talk about movies, you don't usually go so strong, especially with the newer ones that have been coming out. Yes. Um, I think that I will know if I loved this movie when I see it again. Okay. And I do plan on seeing it again. I may even see, well, I keep saying I'm going to do everything tonight. I was planning on doing that, but I know we're starting to record it kind of late now. Yeah. So that's not going to happen, but I will time. see it again. I will see it again this week for sure. Okay. And then I will tell you whether or not I loved it. Totally but I, I, I liked it a lot. My, okay. You said you wanted to know what I liked about what it? Or what did you like, like about, about it? it? Give me some specifics. I really liked the way that the team worked off of each other. Okay. I love that. I like how it came together. I, I found it to be humorous, even though I have some things to say about Ben Affleck's performance in this one. I liked that he was kind of more, he was, it was like Bruce and Batman mm-hmm. were almost insecure, even though they were confident. I don't know. I think you're on the fence about her, but I, I really like Gal Gadot. I think she is the perfect Wonder Woman. Uh, I was really surprised by Ezra Miller's performance. I thought I thought even though he was funny, I was expecting it to be a little I don't know. It didn't hit me in the in the hilarity kind of way like say Thor Ragnarok did, but I found him to be completely entertaining and really funny and, and like charming. There was a couple scenes in the movie where I just I just thought he was owning it. You know what I mean? Um Momoa was a lot better than I expected him to be. 
I liked some of the I liked seeing all that Atlanta, you know Atlanta stuff and and mm-hmm. um and I just liked the way that he was like the lasso scene. I don't think are we I don't think we're going to get quite into spoilers just yet, but that whole lasso scene with him mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman I found was really funny. Um there's just a lot of little things I liked about this movie. Um what were some of your highlights? Um I think one of my highlights, here's the big one. They gave Superman a sense of humor. That's who Superman is. Superman is funny. From Christopher Reeve, from the comic, everything. He's not just a brooding mess. They gave Superman a sense of humor. I'll I'll admit, when he first came out, he first was resurrected, I was worried because he had that same Superman thing. Like, the funny thing is people thought that he was mean or mad. I'm like, you know what's dark Superman. Yes. But that dark Superman is how Superman normally is in all the movies. And it's almost like they resurrected him and changed him to what he should be. So he resurrected his normal Superman we've seen because what was so dark about him? He's been brooding all the movies. But then all of a sudden, he turned into this really funny guy that makes these quips like Spider-Man while he's fighting you. Little quips that are just funny. Is this guy bugging you? That is Superman. That is who Superman is. Absolutely, man. This definitely was the best version of of Zack Snyder's Superman. But I have something to say about that. What's that? Was this Zack Snyder's Superman? Because I think, from what I heard, I think they reshot most of the they Superman. They did. Because his, so, that's why his face looks so strange. Like right at the beginning. I didn't oh, notice it too much. Gosh. I noticed it right from Jump when there was that oh, scene with, man, the, that with the video. Bad. With yeah, the, that the looked phone video. terrible. I'm like, oh shit, this is what we're in for the whole time? <laughs> I was like, whew. I could not take my eye off of his upper lip. So yeah. anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about... Henry Cavill is actually filming, is it Mission Impossible? Right? Yeah, Mission Impossible. He's he's filming one of the Mission Impossible movies right now. And for the role, he has this pretty substantial mustache that he's been rocking. You've probably seen him in pictures. Uh, I know he was like that at the premiere. They went back in for reshoots and they CGI the mustache off. And I could not take my eye off. Of it. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I couldn't, man. I couldn't get past it. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is the first scene. Let's see what happens. But you're absolutely right. This is he the was, best version of Superman that we've seen so far in the DC universe. But they and even I, and I, I think it. that's Joss. I think that's Joss. I think so too. So I, who knows what he's going to go back to, you know? Um, but I, I think one hundred percent that Joss had to do with with him being a more likable Superman this time because, quite frankly, I did not care for him in either the Man of Steel no. or I thought he had the look. He totally looks like Superman. Oh yeah, now I mean yes unmistakably except for that funky fake mustache thing that he had going on but I just was never down with it I've watched those movies several times I find them visually I really like the way they look yes but I just could never get down with Superman and I think you're right I think this was definitely the movie I wish he would have been in the movie more let's say that oh no I mean look I love that Joss Whedon retroactively changed Superman like when he showed the video of the kids talking to him, he wasn't brooding. He was just ask, ask, he was just like answering questions. And the dope here's what's so dope. And there's smiling. A, there's a there's the quote that is smiling, just answering questions on the picture. Oh, hey kids. And there's a quote that he oh, that they cut off that was genius. And I'm not gonna tell you what it is until later on in spoilers, but they ask him another question. He looks at the camera, starts smiling, and before he can answer, it goes right into Justice League, right? And I said, this is interesting, but I thought they were just going to go right back to brood and Superman, but Superman is super freaking doing fun stuff. Even in the pole, even in some of the stuff that happens later, he does something just for fun. Totally for fun. Let's have some fun. 
Um, so Superman is number one thing that I liked. Number two, totally Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is a superstar. He is a freaking superstar. I knew it when I saw the commercials, but then you had me worrying because I'm like, it could be just the commercials. It could be just the trailers. <laughs> but when he's doing his thing, he's a superstar. He is, Aquaman is perfect for Jason Momoa. I mean, he found his groove. Now, can he carry his own film? I don't know. But if it's any, if this is any sort of sign, I think the Aquaman film could do amazing things for Jason Momoa. They said that they cut um, his his um, origin story out of this movie um, for certain reasons, which is good. That means they're going to put it all in the next movie. Um, so I'm very eager to see what they 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 get from that. And so that's the second thing I liked. The third thing I like now, everyone else is not going to like him. I even my son was like, oh, he was OK. I dug Steppenwolf. Yeah, I can't agree with you there. I totally no I, one does. Trust me. I don't a his his name freaks me out. If I was a superhero brand new and someone was like, yeah, we're going to fight Steppenwolf. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who the heck is this Steppenwolf character? He sounds wolfy. And I don't know what he is. <laughs> and, and very steppy. Exactly, very steppy. And so, but when they showed him, his groove was dope. Like how he'd beat someone up and then start walking slowly to finish the job. I liked it. His size was really cool. Now his backstory, I don't know his backstory as far as how he was created. But I thought that a lot of times uh, 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 DC has a problem with villains. I thought this villain was was good enough. It was a good enough villain where I was just like, I could see how he's he's menacing. They got a very menacing person. The CGI wasn't that great. He That's didn't look, what I'm hung up yes. on, man. That's why I could not get, I just couldn't see past it. I totally get that. I totally get that. The CGI was so bad for Steppenwolf. And, and I'm not one that usually jumps on that kind of bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And I've really been trying to not, you know, for the purpose I knew we were going to talk about this. I really try not to read any spoilers. I try not to get too many other people's yes. opinions because it was everywhere. I just wanted to go in as as cold as I could. Totally understand. And see and see if I could like this movie as much as I like a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. you know? And um but I just could not get past that. That said, I think that the character of Steppenwolf was good enough. Yes. I liked the storyline of, of Steppenwolf and I liked when he would come down in the boom tube. Yeah. I thought that was really dope when he was looking for the mother boxes and everything like that, but I just could not get past it. So again, this is why I want to go see the movie again, because there were certain things that I was just hung up on. That I think kind of, kind of clouded what the my whole like full opinion of the movie is. Totally, I, I like to see movies like this, especially something that I want to talk about. I want to see multiple times, and I, I need to see this one one more time just to really get my full, you know, opinion of this one. That said, I feel that Steppenwolf was the weakest part, weakest part of the movie. Totally understandable. Um, the number three, and this is the this is the uh, I think. Well, I had like two more. Number three, this is other than Superman. Obviously, being very hyped, I'm very excited, and Momoa being excited to see Momoa doing his thing. I think the star of this movie is is someone I didn't even want to be in this movie. It's a person that I wanted someone else to replace for this movie. The star of this movie is the Flash. Absolutely, dude. He is the star of this freaking movie. There is a part with him and Superman. That his look made me laugh so hard. 
I was almost on the ground at how he was looking at Superman. It's so good. But the his little quirks, and he um, this is not a spoiler. He says something that's very interesting. He says, I have to keep on eating because my body metabolizes so fast. That makes total sense. He has to eat because his body has to burn something in order for him to run fast. So he has to eat all the time. They do that on the T- Flash TV show all the time. He's always eating. I think it should be way more part of the show. He should be eating all. I'm talking about just like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven, how he ate nonstop, where there were chips, where there was, he was always munching on something. They should. You be just munching. want Barry Allen to have a, a trough? Always. Basically. Oh, because he's like, I always have to eat. And I thought it was an interesting possibility. Not saying this is going to happen, but it opens an, an issue where it's like, if I capture Flash, I just starve him. And then he can't run fast. Don't let him eat. Can't run fast. That will be an interesting thing for someone to do. It's and, not a but, bad idea. And but anyway, I and I thought with his his little quirks, his little funny things, he's acting the way all of us would act if we ran into these superheroes. He was excited to see uh, an okay, decent layer. He was blown away by the stuff. He was like, "Oh my gosh, look at this! Oh my goodness, look at this!" Now this was a. <laughs> It was just a bunch of different things that were just so cool. And he says one thing, which is another um, Easter egg. He says, I don't speak any languages except for sign language. That's a big Easter egg. Because there's another thing he sometimes fight that only speaks sign language. But we'll see if that comes into play later on. Um, oh, you're going deep. Yeah. I know where but, you're getting that. I know yeah, what you're going for. And that's obviously what they were shooting for. And um, But it was so... They're, but they think he's a star, too, because they, they do something with him. They think certain people are the stars of this movie. I think it's Joss. When he watched The Daily, he was like, oh, I see who the two people that people are going to want to see. There's no question. This guy's a star. He didn't have that astronaut outfit. I saw. I remember seeing a picture of him with a big old astronaut outfit on, and he didn't have it. So I'm very excited for that. Um, they didn't tie in that weird going back in time sequence that we saw in Batman and Batman versus Superman. We didn't see that. We remember when he came back in time in front of, a uh, in front of, um, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. They didn't tie that in. And I'm like, I, I guess just they just saw throw something. it away. I just saw something online about that just today. Yeah. And it's, you're talking about where he's like, save yes. Diana. Wasn't he saying, yes. was he saying save Diana? Is that what it was? Something like that. Or was it save, no, 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 it was save Lois. That's right, it was save Lois. Save Lois. So what this what this video said was that, it, you know, and again, it was just fan theory stuff, but it was like saying that maybe, because, you know, like I'm sure some of these things are going to be tied back into future movies. Yeah. And they were saying that maybe that could have been with like him saying, hey, save, save Lois because... Dark Superman's about to lose his shit maybe. when they woke him back up again. That's what it was saying. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a And maybe in the other universe, one. the Lois dies, and when they bring back Dark Superman, he's dark. And so they're like, all right, from now on, he has to, his main focus needs to be saving Lois Lane. That could be it. Man, all I know is Flashpoint can't come. 2020 cannot come soon Dude, enough. Dude, I can't. I really cannot wait to Ooh. see this movie. Now, the, the, uh, the next thing that I loved about it is how unbelievably smart they made Bruce Wayne. I like how this time around, he understood 
what his gift was. He totally understood it. Like there's a part where he dropped them off to fight and he was just like, okay, I got to do something else. I will add nothing to this fight. <laughs> I won't add yeah. anything. Completely can, your department. <laughs> yes, this is all you. And they even look at him like, oh. And that adds to what you were saying where he's just like, I can't add anything anymore. I'm just really, really smart. And the reason that, here's the dope thing. Here's the thing. When he runs into Flash, he, uh, I'm not going to say what he says, but he ascertains what Flash Flash is, uh, he doesn't know Barry Allen has a power, but he's looking at his suit and he ascertains that be, because of the makeup of this suit, he, he he figures out what probably this is. And he takes a risk beyond risk thinking he's right. But if he was wrong, it had devastating consequences. That, and, it, and I may be reaching, but I was like, that's how much he, he, he relies on his intellect. He's like, no, I, I'm, I'm this smart. I understand certain things. And so that's another thing. The intellect of Batman was really put on blast on this one. Um, from the first scene, well, second scene. From the second scene of this movie, how wise Batman is, is put on blast. How he lures people into his perfect traps. Is put on blast. Um, the last thing, the last and final thing that I will say that I really liked about this movie was the pacing. Um, there wasn't a time where I was super duper bored. I was never bored through this whole movie. It keeps moving because you could only fight so many people leading to the bad guy. But even without fights, they keep it going, keep it going. The pacing was great. And I'm sorry, there is one more thing. I got to give it to Ray Fisher. He he was the heart of this movie. For I me. was wondering what he you were going to say Cyborg. about Cyborg. Yeah, he actually I did not like. Mind you, one of the bad things I'm going to say I did not like his armor or exoskeleton or whatever. I thought it looked terrible. The CGI was just I don't think they were finished. They weren't finished with the CGI. Period. But he brought the whole thing heart. Everyone else was moving on such a we're superheroes level where he brought it to heart. He even there was one point where he actually told Superman what he needed him to do. Straight up. This is what I need from you. I'm like, okay, this is Cyborg. And the, his abilities were put on, on, on front. And mind you, I was not ready to like Cyborg. I thought Cyborg was going to be horrible. I thought he did a fantastic job with it. He made Cyborg super fun. I think that it leaves a wide open space for a Cyborg movie because we don't know exactly what he can do yet. Cyborg can do a lot. And we have not seen the half of it. We haven't seen how good he fights. We haven't seen any of that, how strong he is. We haven't seen it. We just seen his ability to be able to get into electronics and do whatever he wants. There's a part, this isn't even a spoiler, where uh, Bruce Wayne said, "This, uh, you know, my, my ship doesn't go that fast. And Ray Fisher says, for me, it will. Letting him know, I can do things that you can't with your thing. Isn't that when he was trying to control the, the Batmobile? Or no, 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 that was different. Because yeah. I remember when he tells, no, he, when he tells Alfred, yeah. he goes, I'll take it from here. <laughs> He's like, uh. He's like, do I yeah. know you? <laughs> yeah. So it's so so those are the things I liked about the movie. So I'm going to ask you, Dan, what didn't you like about this movie? I thought it was super CGI heavy. And I can usually get past that okay. And, and quite frankly, I did on this one too. But it was I was really, really hung up on Steppenwolf. I just couldn't get past it okay. anytime that he was on there. Um like I said earlier, I feel like this might be Affleck's last movie. Really? I feel like he kind of phoned it in, man. I don't know how to put it. I just feel like he wasn't, he was saying all the right lines for the movie, but it just didn't seem like Affleck's heart was in it. And, and I don't normally say stupid movie critical shit like that. The energy that was coming off of Affleck's Bruce Wayne was a low point for me. Okay. What else? 
there's really not that much. I, I was it was a CGI thing, and even though I liked uh, Affleck in this one, I felt like his heart wasn't in it. That's the best way to put it. Compared to say Batman versus Superman, where I thought that he just he rocked that movie. He was the best part about that movie. I didn't feel it was maybe it was because he had he had so many other dynamic people around him. That could have been it right there. Maybe he was just had so many more dynamically strong characters in this one that they were, you know, they were they were they were amping the Flash. They were amping Cyborg. And of course Wonder Woman is like, you know, coming off of her freaking hit movie, so I think that they were definitely amping her too. I just feel like he kind of got lost in that a little bit. And I felt like he okay. so yeah, that's what I think. I will say a few of the things I didn't like. Big one, none of the CGI was ready. None of it. Not one thing. Well, let me change that because some of the Gotham City might be CGI'd. Um, But most of it just was not ready. Uh, I think that, like, can you name one piece of CGI that you thought looked amazing? I don't know about amazing, but I will say that where I didn't mind it at all and I thought it actually added to it, and maybe it was perhaps the different color bolts. I really liked how Flash looked when he was running and all the lightning that was okay. around him. I liked that. I thought that was actually good. But I know I'm, I'm in full agreement with you. I feel like the, the CGI was the major flaw of this movie. Uh, I think the other thing that I was not really digging is um, the the relationship, the little flirty thing that they had going with Wonder Woman and Cyborg. I don't know why they even did that. Like, what was the point? I don't think that it was a flirtation thing. I know what you're talking about. I think she just liked him as a, as a person. And I think that she was, and I think really? that she was also more like, she was kind of impressed with the things that he could do. But I didn't okay. get that. No, if anything, like, I know that there was a lot of people talking about Wonder Bat. You know, they want the, they want the, the Batman and Wonder Woman relationship, which I'm actually really glad they didn't do that. Um, I, I don't think that. I really don't think that, that she was, like, into him. Is there a reason that you think that? I mean, she seemed to be what one would call flirting. Um, but you you might be right. I don't know, man. It, it, it seemed like he was flirting with her, him, and and uh, the man of batness. I think that's just her. I think that's just this very unusually attractive woman saying these things, and it just sounds like a flirt. I am never going to get used to Gal, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. It's just never going to happen. I'm always going to want um, Sister Girl from uh, Game of Thrones. Always. Who are you referring to? Uh, what's her name? Gwendolyn Christie. I always wanted Gwendolyn Christie for for um, for I'm uh, lost. Wonder is Woman. this something that's... Were they talking about this at one point? Or is this just something in your head? No, they weren't. Oh, this is just in your crazy head then. Okay, all right, all right. Yes, I'm never going to see... Gal Gadot, and it's not just Gwendolyn Christie. I think they should have used a bigger person for an Amazon. Period. They just went for beauty. That's what they did. I respect your opinion, but I think it's a little nitpicky. I think that... I do. I really do. I I, I don't know, but that's just me. How? Because you're locked onto a person that was never in the running for it. But I'm saying... I'm not not saying she... I'm saying anyone that was bigger than her. Anyone. Because if you look at the other Amazons, most of them were just bigger than she was. But she wasn't truly from them, though. She was Zeus's daughter. Zeus created her, it, rather, would made, make her, her even, made her out of clay. Excuse me. But yeah, so, you know, but it's just like making Thor. It made it. Then they should have made it was like making Thor skinny and small. 
You wouldn't because he's he's a godson. So you wouldn't make him skinny and small. But they made her skinny with no. I mean, it. They went. It's Zach freaking Snyder, G. Of course he would. Of course he would. Why else would he? I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. I think she actually is a. You see her as as totally. her. That would have been your first pick. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm pro. I'm pro Gal Gadot for sure. Okay. One thing I didn't like about it, and it actually had to do with Wonder Woman, and it was I think it had more to do with the CGI again, was when she jumped in and there was that big shootout. And they were like, they were going to mm-hmm. mow down all of those hostages. And so they're yes. going, and she was like, it was the way that her arms were moving. Do you know what I'm talking about? When she was deflecting all of those with her braces. I, I couldn't get behind that too much. Um, but I think I think that, that that was something I couldn't get past. I just thought it looked kind of cheesy. Uh, not so much the actions that she was doing as just that how the CGI made it come out. But that's what movies are for, right? I mean, just because I yeah, like something doesn't mean that you have to like it. No, but no, I'm used to this. Everyone loves her. I don't get it. I think you're being a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I might be. Nah. It's true. I might be. But um, you have strong opinions, okay, and that's now, okay. This is where the rubber meets the road. Dan, in your opinion, what does this mean for DC? We are. Do, is this? Does this? Does this mean something, or do you think, well, Joss Whedon plus Zack Snyder makes a good movie, or, or do you think, no, 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 this is a direction Warner Brothers is now going, because this may, or do you just think this is a one-off? Because remember, they're not going to make the money they think they're going to make. So, do you think that's going to make them say, oh, I guess people wanted the other thing? It's hard to say that because you've got Joss Whedon's involvement, so the next movie can be completely different. Um. But what I will say is that if if they can pull off what they did, even if Zack Snyder is involved with the next one, they need to keep it up at that level. And if they can keep it up at that level and even improve on it more than that, then I think that they are going to start rivaling Marvel. Right now, they only have these two movies in their belt, in my opinion, to actually, you know, to do anything. I think it's Wonder Woman and Justice League. I think I think the other ones so far have been Snooze Fest and I could not stand um, Suicide Squad. I think that movie was a total failure. I'm not talking monetarily. I'm just talking, because I don't even know what it made uh, you know, in the box office, but I just felt it was weak. I thought that Jared Leto could have done more. And I know that some of the scenes that he was supposed to have in the movie, they weren't there. So I can't really count that one as being an amazing movie. I did like Wonder Woman better than I liked this movie. I will say that. I think it was, it was, it looked better. Really? Now that's an interesting thing. No, aesthetically, I think it was way better because there wasn't all this, there wasn't all the CGI that was kind of distracting me. I think it was a better written movie, but I think that this movie, it was more fun. I, I mean, like this movie, in my opinion, is so much better than Wonder Woman. I mean, I think it like lapped it. Well, good. I thought it lapped Wonder Woman. I, but the thing is, I have to understand what Wonder Woman did for me was I came in with way low expectations. And I have to understand that it had to overcome a lot more than Justice League did for me to like it. And it did. And I liked Wonder Woman. But a lot of the reason I liked Wonder Woman was it was so cool to see uh, um, a female superhero being so awesome. And so it touched me in a sweet spot. But um, Justice League, like, 
I think what this says to DC, A, they, they obviously were like, look, Joss Whedon came from Marvel, right? Right. And so we had to let them know, look, if we're going to be rivaling these cats, he brought his sense of, he brought the Marvel sensibility over. He's like, I know why people like my movies. I know why people like it. And so what he did was he's like, let me take these ingredients and sprinkle them over here. In my opinion, Marvel should have been freaked out that Joss Whedon was coming over. They should have lost their crap. They were like, oh no, our secret sauce is leaving. Now Favreau's still there and Favreau knows how to do his thing. I don't, people don't give him props. That dude knows how to make a movie. Oh, he's the man. He will make a movie. If they said, well, Josh Whedon's leaving, if we're the next Avengers blah, blah is going to be directed by John Favreau. I'd be like, and guess what's going to be a hit? That movie. Because John Favreau knows how to make a ridiculously good movie. But that sprinkle, that sauce sprinkle, I could, I could see it over here where he, that even that last, um, the credit sequence where Superman and um, uh, Flash raced, how fun was that? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that as a, as a closer scene. And, and again, that was so good. And again, it makes Superman a better Superman than he's been so far. To- fun, he- fun for, for no reason. They kind of humanized him, and they 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 let him, you know, freaking pull the stick out of his ass. Basically, he it was oh dude, he was a great Superman this time, and it's great. But to answer your it question, so good. what you were saying about what I think this holds for the DC universe, if they can maintain that, provided that Joss Whedon's um, contribution isn't what set this movie apart from the rest of the other movies, I think they've got something awesome. And kind of going straight to honestly, the two things that I'm looking forward to most with the DC universe, I got to see flashpoint. I think flashpoint can be a make or break situation, but if they do that movie, right, it's going to be huge because Ezra Miller is going to just destroy that. I think if they write it, Oh, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to do a fantastic. It's all going to be in the, in the script, man. It's all got to be in the writing, but if they have the good writing there, he's got the chops to make that. He's a perfect Barry Allen. And that takes a lot for me to say, being how much I like Grant Gustin, but he is great. And that's what I, my son and I were kind of that way too. We we are very Grant Gustin, or pro Grant Gustin, but he mm-hmm. he hasn't seen it yet. And I was talking to him this morning. I'm like, dude, just as good, just different. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, I smiled so much during this movie, and when when Superman came in and he said, he's like, oh, thank you for, or uh, Flash was like, thank you for meeting me here, and Superman said, you know what? I was curious myself. Like I was wondering who's faster. That's something you'd hear Tony Stark say. And little things. Now, I think what Zach did, like there's a there's a scene where you saw the Ace Factory, the Ace Chemical Factory. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Zack Snyder did that. The more that we're talking about this here, I'm really starting to see as I'm thinking about it that all these scenes that we're talking about are kind of weedenized. What I'm doing is I'm comparing like Batman versus Superman yes. to this. And you can see where the tone goes dark in this movie. Mm-hmm. But Whedon is so good with making things fun. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I, I have a feeling that he probably did that scene too. I'm pretty sure he did all of the Superman reshoots over again. And it would make sense because Superman's been such a snooze fest. Maybe Whedon's like, look, I'll do this twofold. First of all, I'm helping a brother out who's in a tor- the darkest time of his life. But at the same time, if I'm going to do this, I got to get my Superman in there. Because this Superman is to the curb and I'm, 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 yes. I'm not feeling it. He did it for the fans. He's like, I'm going to do this for because people have been waiting for this. It's the right thing to do. People have been waiting for this and it's for my friend. And I don't. here's the one scene I don't know who was in charge of. And I, I'm interested to see your opinion. 
Who was in charge of Dark Superman? I would probably say that that was written in by Snyder. Just because that was more, like you Think said so? earlier, that's kind of how he's always been. You said it yourself. You've had Dark Superman for the last two movies. So, yeah, I would I would think so. So what I, I, I that's interesting. That's interesting. But yeah, if you're asking me, I would say that probably Snyder did that one. Because I think here's what Snyder does well. Forget everything that he set up. He's not a person that needs to, because look, so Superman dies at the end of the second movie or the end of the last movie, right? Batman versus Superman. Right. You see the rock start to rise. But nope, in this one, he's still dead. No biggie. They're not going to use the sun to do anything. <laughs> nope, nope. Throw it away. I'm like, I thought it was going to use the, the power of the sun to make him bust out of the box. The ending, that literal, that ending was pointless then. He didn't even adhere to it. He just tossed it out and said, nah, turns out we need some magical cube to raise him up. Then why even have that little thing there then? It makes no sense to me. <laughs> I don't even, I think he had plans on doing something. And then when he rises up, he goes dark. And you remember, how long did they talk about him going dark? Like five minutes? Yeah, it was it was ultra brief. Well, then again, he wasn't in the movie that much. So yeah, they had to make it quick. Yeah, so they're like, Oh, man, what if he goes dark? Hey, we're going to have to do this. Oh, we have a bunch of... Uh, oh, we got to bring in the big guns. Oh, my goodness. He comes up. He's dark. And then he gets a hug and he's back to normal Superman. I'm like, oh, that's all they're going to... Oh, he's just back to normal now? Hey, man, no, Superman, like, it does not take much for <laughs> Superman to change his mind about things. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you. My mom's name is Martha. We're bros <laughs> forever. You <Yes>. know? <laughs> Um, I'm going to kill you all. You just shot something at me. This is insanity. Oh, I'm hugging Lois. Oh, well, holla at your boy. I'm about to dip down to the uh, ranch. You know what I'm saying? Come back. Everything's butter. When he came back, everyone should have been like, hey, yo, are you cool? Or are we going to have to watch you? Lois kind of hit him with some of that Black Widow stuff that she did to the Hulk. Oh, but you. Oh, no, you've seen you've seen a uh, you've seen Ultron. Never mind. I, I did long time ago, G. Well, I don't want to say anything because you are like the last person on earth that hasn't seen Thor yet. So I haven't. I I'm gonna watch it. I was gonna watch it tonight, but I my um son's staying here overnight, and so I'm just like, eh. oh, I might still go though. Take him to see the movie. He's already. Oh, he's seen already it. seen it. Yeah, he's already seen it. He yeah. said he really. He of course he loved it. But I, uh, for me, like I said, the Ace thing was that means the Joker's coming. Now I want to go into a different thing before we close out. So Zack Snyder, we have to assume that he got all these superhero movies on the strength of ones that he's done well, which is Dawn of the Dead, 300. Watchmen was, I don't know if people, I liked it. A lot of people didn't. And then he goes to Legends of the Guardians, Sucker Punch, and then he gets Man of Steel. Now, I don't know how, Right. Because remember, Tim Burton wanted it, too. And he was darn close to getting it with Nicolas Cage. I'm really glad that didn't come to but fruition. I know. Zach got it. Now, I would have liked to see a Kevin Smith written Man of Steel. I would have really liked to see that. But Zach got it. And then it got, Zach got Batman versus Superman. He got Justice League and he has Justice League 2. Do you think he has earned that? Or is he just riding off a 300? That's a really good question. I don't really care for the other movies. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't care for. That's them. what I'm saying. I love exactly. Dawn of the Dead. I love that. But now, but yeah, but there, no, he's just you know sort of attached saying? to it now. You know, 
Yes. I would like to see. Which yes. Is, well, I don't know. I think that would be like sleeping with the enemy. But I would like to see what James Gunn could do. Oh, that would be good. Um, I I think I mean because they said Man of Steel two is not coming out in the un, in the unforeseeable. It's not even in the distant future coming. We don't know when that's coming because I think which is great news. Henry Cavill is is connected to uh, uh, Man from Uncle two, which is going to be amazing. I already know. But that means that we're not going to see a Superman until Justice League 2, which has Zack Zack Snyder directing again. So Joss Whedon's gone. Now we're going to be able to see how much was Zack and how much was Joss. Zack Snyder's kind of getting all the credit because it was a Zack Snyder movie. But with with the introduction of Joss Whedon doing all these things, I can't make an opinion. I really can't because I'm really, really convinced that most of the things that I liked about this movie revolved around Joss Whedon. So do I. So am I. And, and think about Joss Whedon. Think about this real quick. That means Joss Whedon is not a dumb guy. We can all agree on that. He's done. He's not a dumb person as far as directing goes. That means he said, we know that this CGI mustache is going to look like hot garbage. But regardless of that, we have got to do reshoots. So what did this movie look before that? Mm-hmm. When he was willing to be like, I don't care that it's going to look like straight garbage. This is a necessity that outweighs how bad it's going to look. Dude, what did the, what did that original movie look like, bro? Yeah, and I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm repeating myself. And if I am, folks, I'm sorry about that. But it's just that I really think that Whedon was like, I will do this for you. Again, as a favor to a brother. and But mostly... I got to fix Superman. <laughs> I got to fix Superman. So I have a feeling that Superman was just the snooze fest that he has been. He so much looks like what Superman to me would look like, but it's just, that's it. It stops there. He is the most boring superhero that I've seen come out in a very long time. And he was fun. This oh, time he around. made, and dude, I just hope, I think, I hope that, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I hope that, that uh, Zack Snyder can just emulate that a little bit because the, you know, people, I'm sure, you know, how many podcasts right now, Steve, right now are talking about this? You a know lot. what I mean? How many are out there? A lot. Right. And I'm very curious to see what they say because I really, you know, whereas I don't have a lot of the strong comic base to, to really go off on this, I can just tell you from the straight up viewer that this was this was no Zack Snyder Superman. No way. <laughs> so. I mean, even look at the go between between Batman and Superman. When Superman says, he's like, I know you didn't bring me here because you like me. And he's like, I, I don't. Uh, that's that's Joss Whedon. Yes. Zack Snyder's not writing that for the brooding Batman. That is a Joss Whedon be like, I mean, I, I don't I don't hate you. That is a freaking Joss Whedon thing. Even the whole when um and this is this is why and this was the spoiler I was gonna get to. I'm glad you were brought it up to mind. Uh when Steppenwolf was so strong through the whole movie, they set him up beating up everybody. Did you see how easy Superman handled him? He was yeah he rocked. He him. was a setup to show. Oh, by the way, just in case you forgot, su- the things that are super duper hard for everyone else is a lightweight thing for Superman. When he came back, he was like, "Is this guy still bothering you?" And took him out. G, game time. He's like your weapon of choice, Steppenwolf. I'm just gonna go ahead and for the first time again, I think this is a Whedon thing. I'm gonna go ahead and use my breath. The Done. Uh, you know the super yep. breath. And have fun and I'm just while destroy doing your, it. Destroy your weapon. And then, yeah, I'm going to destroy your weapon too. And then when Steppenwolf swung at him, he smiled as it, the punch went by him. He like smiled saying, oh, you're this slow? This is you? 
This is the best you got going for you. And then, uh, and I loved how, oh, dude, here's the thing. Here's what made me jump out of my seat. And I said, that's Superman. Oh, and this is Joss Whedon. When they pulled that thing apart and he said, never mind, I wish I was dead. And they were just laughing. And Wonder Woman said, I'm with children. I am with. Yeah. Do you think Zack Snyder wrote that, G? Not at all. <laughs> I don't think Zack Snyder's written a joke in his life. <laughs> you know, I don't. I, I just, guarantee it was like. That's why no, I'm so yeah. mixed about this movie, man. I like it on the whole. But I just don't know if it's going if we're going to be able to reproduce this. No, you know. In fact, and I was going to ask you, how much influence do you think uh, Whedon had with Barry Allen? Oh, dude! And I'm calling him Barry because they never called him the Flash in that movie. If you know, dude, everything. It's all Whedon, right? Every. I mean, one one scene comes to mind, and it's when they were talking to Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and they, they were everybody all there dipped. talking to him, and then they all just dipped. Yeah, <laughs> that was and then so he's like, he's oh, like oh, they, oh, all, they just they all just disappeared. Dude, uh, that was that was rude, and shoom, no, you know. <laughs> here is where Joss, in my opinion, mind you, everybody, we might be totally wrong. I don't think we are. I think if we pen, if they said scene by scene, I think we'd get an eighty percent of which one was Joss, which was. I think you're right. It's it's a lot hard. It's a lot easier than it. Totally seemed, okay. When. When the when Barry Allen said, oh, I don't know what I do. I'm just going to dip around Superman real quick and get him from the back. When he saw Superman's eyes catch him, how much did you laugh when his face went crazy? Like, what? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it kept on going back and forth. That was a scene that Gail and I actually bust, bust out laughing. It was hilarious. I mean, but think about that. They did it so smartly. Because the whole time it showed him getting around people, Wonder Woman and everybody, when their eyes never, ever connected with his. And it made it a point to be like, no, 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 no. Let's show you how weird it is by someone's eyes actually connecting. It threw me off. I was like, oh, snap. His eyes just left and looked at him. And and uh, Barry Allen looked at him like, is he looking at me? What is happening right now? So that is, <laughs> if if... That is a Joss Sweden thing. We have to be like, in my opinion, that dark Superman, that dark Superman uh, uh, scene probably was just dark, 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 dark. And Joss was like, we have got to lighten this mood. So let's have Flash do something. Yes. He could have he done like, that. We too. need to. We, we're going to have to put some funny in here just to lighten the, the mood a little bit. And so when he when he looked at him, he's like, oh, that's funny. And then when it showed. um. Uh, remember, uh, Superman dipped off, and then I guarantee that's where it ended. I'm not guaranteeing. I have a feeling it ended there with Zack Snyder's, and Joss Whedon put in the, oh, yep, I'm definitely bleeding. That's not a Zack Snyder thing, G. That's not a Zack. Something's bleeding. Yes, yeah, something's <laughs> bleeding. That is not a Zack Snyder thing, G. He realized that Joss Whedon was like, we have got to lighten this mood. We have to, because this is where people need to laugh. His movies tend to have the tone of like the Watchmen. Yes, yes, dude. Beautiful movies, but dark. You know what's funny? Here's what I here's what I imagine Zack Snyder. I'm we're watching. If I watch a movie with Zack Snyder, like watching one of his movies, I'm an executive. We'll be watching the movie, and then all of a sudden Zack Snyder's like, <laughs> "Do you see that? That was funny, right?" We're all looking at him like, "I'm sorry. What? What are we? Was that supposed to be a, jo- a joke right there?" Or like he'll be the one laughing, and we're all looking at each other like. 
oh, you, this is what you consider putting in some levity? That thing right there? And he's just cracking up. I don't think he understands what funny is. I really don't. He thinks... It would be so great if they could just work it out to where they just do this movie 50-50. But, dude, exactly. Because if we go back to brooding Batman and brooding Superman G... I'm out. I mean... And that's not true. I'll watch the next one. We're going to watch... watch No, it's going to make money. Here's the issue. People look at the bottom line, and so these executives are going to look at a... I mean, this movie didn't even make as much as the first Iron Man in this opening weekend. F- you want to know what? There, I went at two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. There were ten people in the totally. theater. I counted. That's the, but that's Warner Brothers' fault. They did this to themselves. People aren't trusting it anymore. They are not trusting it. They did the same thing with Wonder Woman. They if word of mouth started getting out, and Wonder Woman's word of mouth was way better than Justice League's word of mouth. Right now, people are going to be like, "Oh, you could." I guarantee people are saying, "Oh, it was so good." Well, can I wait for it for video? Yeah, you could wait for it for video. Guaranteed. A lot of people aren't saying you have to see this in the theater. Some people are probably like, eh, you can see it on video. I'm sure of it. You know what I'm saying? So, and especially now that you get a video like this within two months, they're going to be like, eh, if it doesn't have legs, it's going to be on Netflix or not Netflix. It's going to be on Redbox in two months or video on demand in two months. Hopefully it has legs because I want people to list. I want executives to see that if you put stuff like this out, people will go see it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want nerds to shoot themselves in the foot saying, well, it wasn't good enough. But look at where they're going. They're going in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? And But the problem is, now that we're going to see Zack Snyder directing another one, are they going in the right direction? That's the question, man. And I guess only time's going to tell it. The end scene, dude. With Deathstroke. Joe Manginelli. Dude. So good. But the thing that got me even more about that, even though I don't care for the Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisberg's Lex mm-hmm. Luthor, I still felt that he was... I dug him. I still was annoyed when I heard him yeah. talk. I liked that he was bald. I liked that he was more in the role that, you know, like a, how Lex would be. When he said that it's time for us to form our own Justice League, I almost fainted, dude. <laughs> and I know that it would probably be the Injustice League is what they'd call that, but if they called that the Legion of Doom... Gee. I, it would be so good to me as an old as an old man watching the Super Friends, man. I know I'm a little bit older than you, and I know that makes a big difference when you're a kid. You know what I mean? But the scene that keeps popping up in my head anytime that I think of Legion of Doom is that the Legion of Doom fortress coming out of that swamp. I mean, dude, who who, who would get? We'd have Solomon Grundy. We'd have freaking Black Manta. Oh, there we go. We'd okay, have okay, Bizarro. I've always wanted to see Bizarro, you know, come to the screen. I'm so freaking excited to see the Injustice League or whatever it's going to be. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be. A, I would love for it to be its own movie, but probably it's, it's going to be gonna connected be like, with you know, Justice League too. Justice League versus the Injustice League. I don't even care now that that's on the table, dude. It's so. Yeah, I'm very interested in if they do this because okay, let's just say it is Justice League. They're going to put him in the Justice League too, which sounds like that's what's going to happen. It would make sense. Zack Snyder's at the helm, dude. It'll look really cool. <laughs> that's. I mean, and mind you, look, dude. Maybe Joss Whedon's going to be able to talk to him and be like, look, man, this is the direction you need to go. Don't know what to tell you. I really think that the box office, the lower box office draw is Snyder related. I mean, you didn't get that for Wonder Woman. Sure didn't. Well, no, you got, remember, the, the, the Wonder Woman came out okay, but it had legs because people were worried about it. They were worried about it. 
but it had legs and it kept on going. This one's not going to have the legs Wonder Woman had because the, the, the reviews are mixed. The reviews weren't mixed for Wonder Woman. People came out of there being yeah, like, holy crap, you got to see that movie. Well, they were praising Patty Jenkins. Exactly. And and mind you, WB, I mean, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, I'm sure Joss Whedon had to fight for the stuff that he did get because Patty Jenkins had to fight for the war scene, the war, the scene that made the movie. She had to fight for it. So I'm. I mean, the fact that I don't think Zach has to fight for much means they do exactly, oh, well, yeah, we like what he does. That's not a great thing all the time. When they're liking what you do, that's not always great. They think dark is good. And for Joss, it's lighter. Like even um, Batman, when he didn't have a suit on, was just a lighter Batman. He looked different. When he shaved, he didn't even look the same. Wasn't that weird to see him with just the, the, the armor on and not the cowl? Totally. And just being like a normal person. Totally do. Showing the bruises. And she's like, let me get that for you. And, you know, he's cracking his. It showed him as being human. You know what I'm saying? And which made me think, like you said, maybe he's just like, look, I don't I can't do this. I'm 45 years, 46 years old. I'm not trying to do this much longer. So maybe he'll have a new per. I mean, they could always bring back um, uh, Gordon Levitt. You know, he's still he's still in the, you know, he found the cave. Maybe they could bring him in. <laughs> I think he'd be a better Nightwing. That's what I'm saying. Have him come in as a help. You can, but again, that's that's that that's um Christopher Nolan. Nolan's the one that did, did it wisely. What was your top scene in the movie? Your favorite takeaway scene? Hmm. It's definitely it's Superman being Superman. But that's not really a scene. Oh, it is. I think it is. I'm talking about like one particular scene that stood out. When he, um, I think it's when Superman was fighting Homeboy and just like seeing him smile when he tried to punch him and just showing, be like, no, I'm, I'm, this is how dope I am. Making fun. Whoops, missed. You know, like, or, hey, this guy's still giving you trouble. No problem. Next. That's what I liked. I think for me, it was definitely the last like third of the movie when they were all starting to finally work together. That was dope. And they yeah. were like you were saying, like, you know, like you're saying, like when when um when Cyborg started coming up to the forefront and kind of telling them this is what's happening. This is what we need to do. I think that he definitely was a um, a huge contribution to this movie's success. I do. I think and yes. I think and I don't think that I did. I did not give him the credit he deserves. I just thought it was just going to be I didn't like the way he looked. No. I thought it was going to be kind of boring. I like that they said that he said Booyah, which is, you know, that's canon. Um I just freaking liked Cyborg a lot better than I thought. And I thought that he was like kind of like a glue for that team in that situation. He was like, I got this guys. You do what you do. I'm going to do what I do. And it's all going to work out. Okay. Well, I also liked how him and uh, I love the part where he caught Aquaman. He's like, my man, like just having fun. And then how he surfed that dude through the building and just start walking away. I like that part, but I'm telling you, man, it's that my man stuff that I, that's the one thing about the Momoa Aquaman. It's, it's a little too bro for me. I mean, I don't, but I liked Aquaman. I, I liked Aquaman. I thought he looked badass when he was swimming. I like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't strike me as bro-ish only because of uh, when he was like, my man, it struck me since he's kind of ethnic as different. It would have been my, if it was a blonde haired cat, it was like my man. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. But since it was just kind of like that, my man, I was like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I would adapt him up too. <laughs> but, but I loved how, remember when Barry Allen 
<laughs> tried to dap up uh, Cyborg and he just wasn't having it. And he was just like, oh, that's real. Racial issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're not we're not there yet. It's like we racial, just... <laughs> racial stuff. Yeah, that's real. It's <laughs> like, no, they did not go racial. It's like racial, you know. And at the end, when they're showing them all, like when you're like looking up at them, and, and he finally oh, gets dope. he finally gets the fist bump. How happy he looked when he got that fist bump! That was so. I mean, dude, look, man. Little subtleties like that were hilarious. So that made the movie. good. Again, everybody, here's what Steve is telling you: They're not going to listen and improve these movies if you don't see them. Even if you think it's a hair tick better, go see it. Because otherwise, they're going to pull it right back to a hair tick down. This is a huge improvement. So please, if you can, if you have the Skrilla, go see this movie. Please go see this movie. You won't be disappointed. Go in there with an open mind and just ready to have fun. Not go in there and be like, let me see what's wrong with this movie. Because you'll find something. But if you look at what's great in the movie, you're going to have so much fun. You will not have wasted your money. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. And what does Dan say? Like I said, I really enjoyed the movie a lot. There were things that I did not care for, but I think that those were so minimal to the story on the whole that I can totally live with that there. I'm very excited to see the next one. As we just mentioned for the last 10 minutes that we were talking, I'm really hoping that it doesn't just fall back into Snyderville and become, you know, really dark and kind of boring and bland. I liked Wonder Woman better. I think that this was a more fun movie. And I think that that you're going to think the same thing. I really do. I don't think that you should... You don't believe the hype of what these people are saying. Don't believe critics just because they write articles for a living. You know what I mean? And you, you see this. You just take in what they... Don't drink their Kool-Aid, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Watch the movie for yourself. And just go in and then just enjoy it. It's a good time. It's two hours of fun the whole way through. It's not boring whatsoever. And I think you're going to really dig this movie. Dope, but more importantly, we want to hear what you think. So, Dan, how would they do that exactly? I will tell you how, sir. Cue the music. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the show. You've been listening to the Heroes of Noise. Now it's time to tell you how you can contact us. If you're into email, please hit us up at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. That is heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. If you're on the Twitterverse, you can reach us at at heroesofnoise. You can reach myself, Dan Ramirez, at at Dan Q Public and my friend Steve Hudson at S E underscore Hudson. That's an at at S E underscore Hudson because that's how Twitter works. Uh, if you want to reach us by phone, that's a pretty simple thing to do too. And I'm really hoping that you do because, again, as I always say, I want to hear what you guys sound like. It's just something I'm into. The number is 559 492 9831. That is 559 492 9831. Ladies and gentlemen, I've had a great time with you. Steve, I've had a great time with you talking about all this stuff. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you soon, my man. Is there any closing sure. statements you want to make before we go? Not a chance, brother. You said it the best way a person could possibly say it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Steve. My name is Dan. Thanks for listening to the Heroes of Noise. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.